as a former sex worker, I can confirm that you need to know how to do some brand management. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Podcast. I am your host, Savoy Anthony Jefferson, a.k.a. your number one thigh ally. Oh, where did the mic go? Okay. <clears throat> a.k.a. your number one thigh ally, the Undisputed Bussy Champion, a.k.a. the Essence of Lay Bussy, and a.k.a. Top 5 Bussy, Dead or Alive, a.k.a. a brand manager for Bussy. <laughs> Shout out to our guests for just giving me that. I am a brand manager, the marketing director for Bussy. Um, sometimes VP of communications. Um, and I just, I spread the the word and the joys of Bussy. Because um, it's very important that, you know, everyone know that Bussy is a beautiful thing, you know. Um, and everyone has a Bussy, you know. If you have an asshole, that's your Bussy. Love it. Be good to it. Um have it, you know, someone get into it sometimes if you enjoy that, um, like I do. But anyways, welcome to episode 311, entitled Bad Fat Black Bussy. And so, once again, I'm going to repeat the title. Episode 311, Bad Fat Black Bussy. Okay. Ew. And <laughs> that voice you just heard, that ow. <laughs> you know, Amber, mm. don't forget your new AKA. That is not my new K- that is AKA. Your new a- that you is know your- why it's not my new K- AKA? Because niggas coming isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, it's really not. They they will literally it's come in a funny. sock. They will literally come, come in on. a socket. They will literally come on the street. Maybe straight niggas, but keep going. That's all, that's all I know. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's unless I know, that. you know, I no. could know by... I know, but the, I don't know. I that's feel all, comfortable that's all saying fun. niggas gay <laughs> because because i know the girls that are that are sucking dicks behind dumpsters okay casually dropping it in the conversation you correct all right see yeah, so that's in, that's they will why come anywhere that is why that is not my new gay okay but but what was it just so that we know but hey y'all it's your girl amber <laughs> aka emo black girl aka uh, antidepressants aka um i'm still here teacher campbell tees aka i'm also the creative director of depressed ho aesthetics <laughs> that is what i <laughs> that is who i am i am that is my look that is my my brand all of that <laughs> The press always thing. Yo. <laughs> I want y'all to know that we called Amber a depressed. We, we First were- of all, y'all said y'all didn't call me a depressed hoe, but now you now you want to claim no, that shit? No, 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 we did. Correct. We did not call you a depressed hoe. We just mentioned that you like to fuck and that you like to, to sleep. sleep. And you said, <laughs> are y'all trying to call me a depressed hoe? We did not say did you I'm as a hoe? We just simply mentioned the fact that you like to sleep and that you like to fuck, which is nothing is listeners, wrong with either one of them. Listeners, what's that sound like? A depressed hoe. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't say it. 
and from a man. Oh my god! And Amber was triggered. Are y'all trying to call me a depresso? Y'all just fucking call me. And we were like, Ooh. Um. All right. So now we're about to introduce our lovely guest. Um. Just. I'm just, you know, I'm going to, as always, read a quick description. She's a writer slash editor who has written for the likes of Refinery29, Nylon, among others. others. Ooh, child. She will be releasing her memoirs, Notes from a Trap Feminist, in 2021 in a Chicago native. Ow. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Come on now. Or, or, excuse me, in our natural dialect, pig. Hey, <laughs> black people from Chicago do not fuck with consonants. We don't like consonants. We don't. We we get in the car. We shut the door. Like whatever Ooh. the last consonant. Ooh, damn, you if it's so besides fucking the first Chicago. consonant, wow. we don't really fuck wow. with it. Wow, God. Uh. Oh, then that triggered. Um, <laughs> the lovely, the beautiful Cecily Bowen. But hey. yeah, please welcome, please welcome Cecily. Do, do I get to say my AKA? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. I bet. So um, I'm Cecily, also known as Bad Fat Black Girl, also known as a trap feminist, also known as the trap goddess, Come also on. known as the CEO of Fat Ho Records. Yay! Come on, CEO of Fat Bitch Records. Yes. Yes. Fat Ho Records. Oh, fat Ho. Oh, okay. fat Ho. Sorry, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Gotcha. That whole record. We trying to get a deal with quality control. Come on. <laughs> Shit. Let me be in a music girl, video. Girl, I don't know if that's what you want because you know they don't give people their royalties. That's what I heard. <laughs> but you didn't hear that from me. Well, Although, everybody no, heard it from but, me. But P, if you're talking about Kaya, P, P came out with the receipts on how Kaya got the check for that. Um, I think Kaya is just a man hoe. And was like, y'all ain't pay me for you. You talking about when Kaya was like, y'all no, ain't pay girl, me for you. Oh, right. No, no, no. oh, he doesn't mind. respect Kaya. <laughs> Don't know her. <laughs> Sorry to that woman. I mean, ever since uh, Jackie L said her titties were saggy, I was like. A queen, by the way, Jackie L. Yeah. A queen. A queen. Does not get her things. Does Whoa. not to get Jackie, Jackie, Jackie L her things. Jackie, 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 Jackie. Like, all of you, all of you new girls need to research where Jackie Ina got that. Y'all need to know where Jackie Ina got that. Shout out to her, too. I love her. Yeah, I love Jackie Ina. Damn, that bitch is fine. Um, Any little, little tidbits, any, you know, small, little known facts you would like to tell the girls about you, Cecily? Mm. no just that i mean i live in new york i would prefer to live in atlanta but i'm from chicago (laughs) okay i feel Um. very geographically constrained in my life right now why, Why do you want to be in Atlanta? Yes. Um, I just think that, so I've lived, obviously I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. I've lived in D.C. I've mm-hmm. lived in Atlanta and then I moved to New York. Um, and I definitely think that like Atlanta so far is, was the best experience. It's the best place to be um, black and queer. Um, it's, as of right now, it's still a little cheaper to live than, than all of those other places I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just rent is going up. The rent is definitely going up. That's why I said, as of right now, you know, we we might have to migrate to South Carolina in the, in the coming <laughs> years or something. I don't know. We might be in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. But I just think, and it's also just so black. And you yeah. and I've I've always lived around black people. I've always you know grown up around black people. Um, but in big cities that are more diverse and very segregated. So, you know, even like growing up in like the blackest parts of Chicago, I still knew that, you know, when you went to other parts of it, it's 
now now this is not that anymore you hit that you hit that rail line on the other side of downtown shit gets different Mm -hmm. but like atlanta is not like that like atlanta is just black like police officer you get pulled over the police officer black you go to the hospital the nurse is black the doctor black you get locked up you need a lawyer it's a black person like you just the like their their mood music in the restaurants is not classic rock it's jazz r&b like you know what i mean like it's just a standard of blackness that it is was, was very relaxing to my spirit um but it's also one of the fastest cities in the south it's not like two because i am like a city bitch so like mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if i necessarily like feel the same way about like say houston because that shit just a little too slow for me okay i see i like houston and don't like atlanta so mm. Mm. i have a love-hate relationship with atlanta i went to school in atlanta and i'm just like you know I feel what you're saying about the blackness. My parents went to school in Atlanta and they told me that Atlanta's gotten whiter and it shocked it them. Has. And I was like, but when they told me that, that was like maybe like 10 years ago. And I was like, it was blacker than this. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, damn. <laughs> like, I was like, shit. But, so, I, yeah, that is a good reason to be in Atlanta. Okay. I fuck with that. Yeah. Well, hopefully soon. Like yeah. Next three, yeah. Five years. Hopefully, we'll see. I mean, I'm also like, I'm just gonna follow the bag though. So I'm also like not really super committed to it. You know what I mean? I'm just like your commitment is to the bag. my commitment is. is to the Love. to the to the where can I pay the rent at? Yeah, so, mm, mm, I feel that. Yeah. How long have you been in New York? I've been in New York in May. It'll be four years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's I've been here, you know, some time, and I don't hate New York, but I do think that like. In terms of people who are, I get, you know, obviously people who are from New York, right from New York, that's their hometown, obviously. But in terms, when people who are not from New York and they cape super hard from New York, yeah, I'm like, what small town are you from, sis? Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> because, like, you're not from Chicago and caping for New York. Wow. You're just not doing it. You know what I mean? That's like, correct. Because we know what good public transportation look like in Chicago. We do. We know what a good 24-hour spot look like in Chicago. We do. Like, we, we know what some big lights and some big buildings look like. You know? <laughs> we also know what a clean beach look like. Ooh, you know what on. I mean? We know what some... Or clean some, sidewalks. Yeah, we know... You know what I mean? Like, we... we that that fire, I love to drop this little historical fact. Come that on, that come Chicago on. fire that started at the World Fair. That okay? helped us. That helped us because all they had basically built, that's why it's always called the second city, because they built Chicago to be like New York in a lot of ways. That whole shit caught on fire and they was like, oh bet, like we get to fix a lot of the shit that was not working. We're gonna give y'all some alleys. So y'all don't have to put y'all trash in the front of y'all fucking stoops where y'all have to walk to and from work. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna give y'all um, an updated public transportation system with some good electricity that don't have to be shut down every other day for for wow. maintenance. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, come on to this Chicago you know historian. I mean? Yeah, they they knew. So it, so it's it, it's like for me, like Chicago is very like. I still a, don't like it, but keep going. You mm-hmm. don't have to, and that's that's <laughs> all well and good. You but like, do you not like the city, or do you not like the people that were in the city that remind you of the city? I, I don't like either one. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay. So you ain't gonna pull up though. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> Where do you have receipts or invoices for that? Okay. Uh, um, Milwaukee to the day I die. Anyway. Oh. Uh, 
Oh, oh yeah, they'll pull up. <laughs> nigga, you yeah. talking shit about Chicago when Milwaukee ain't shit, but the place who niggas who catch cases in Chicago go to go fucking lay low in Milwaukee. Come on. You got some and fucking nerve. I said what he, I said. The reason why he laughing. You got some he fucking nerve. A word. All uh, them niggas from Chicago and Milwaukee. Mm, that's why when you said Ka, I, I got triggered. You're like, ooh, ooh. ooh mm, the ghetto. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with Bussy Pep Talks, which is one reason why Amber, myself, and the guests are proud of ourselves or love ourselves for the week. Um, we, I will start with the ladies. We'll start with Cecily, our lovely guest. Why are you? What is your Bussy Pep Talk for the week? Um, I've been officially, quote-unquote, unemployed since August, or no, end of September. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, I work in media, so when you get a media job, the chances of layoff are just... It's just Russian roulette with your paycheck. Um, But I've been like, most of this like unemployment has been like voluntary. Like I haven't applied for a single job. Mm -hmm. Um, I I guess that means I'm technically freelance right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that this has, this is always something that I've been very afraid of. Like I am very like, have Capricorn anxiety. So like, where is the check coming from is what I always need to know. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's not a lot, even, you know, I like that steady, um, stream of income you know and, and not having that in the past has really been a source of anxiety for me um I'm very just proud of the life and the career that I've built for myself and that you know I'm I'm really just feeling grown like I had my shit together enough that like I was able to say no I'm not actually gonna apply for jobs right now like I know what to do with this money that I have and this money that I have coming in that I can like now focus on writing a book focus on um you know any passion projects that I might want to start. Um, and I've just been really like enjoying unemployment. And I think that that has um, done wonders for like, just like my mental health. Mm. And I think it's like also really validating of the fact that maybe I should just be a kept woman. Like this lifestyle might be wow. for me. Mm. Like points were made. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I like, I like not being able to wake up until 9am if I want to, and then still have an hour to do my makeup should I choose and then go outside mm. 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 a life mm. a standard that is a good life a life will live quality of living shout out to you Amber what's um, your it's kind of similar but not really that similar so I am a freelance producer and so I have been unemployed since like before I want to say like before Thanksgiving and um, I just got a job and I didn't really like look for it they were like I you want to do this thing you want to produce on this thing it's a pilot it's only like for four weeks but it's just I'm just like happy that like I'm going to be working because unemployment for me as a person with depression can sometimes be hard um and it has been hard but I've also been like trying to figure out what are things that I can do to like not make it that hard Mm -hmm. like I can also like I've been like taking walks and like I've been doing like leaving the house which is like unheard of uh for me so um so I have been like enjoying this but I'm also enjoying the fact that I do know where a check is coming from Uh, because I did like save money and I did all that stuff but I was like you know, is uh oh, <laughs> I I can't live like this all the time. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I'm excited for that, and I'm excited for the new year, and you know what's to come next. Okay, 
Um, my Bussy Pep Talk. Um, ooh, I was trying to think of something. Um, still didn't really come up. But I guess, yeah, no. Um, I have one. I have two. Um, mm-hmm. Or they're all career related. But my Wonderland feature with BJ, Chicago Kid, and Ari Lennox finally came out. Shout out. I don't yes. know if y'all remember during the Mistress Marley episode, I was stressed as fuck and mm-hmm. cussing out everyone. It's because of that shoot. Um but it came out beautiful mm-hmm. and my little tweet my tweet about it went like semi-viral because I got 2,000 mm-hmm. likes and like 400 and some retweets so shout out to that I've learned that Ari fans go hard absolutely <laughs> super duper hard we love uh, her and I stand as well so yeah and then um, just overall career everything has been you know lots of covers lots of confirming TVs and stuff and so that's good that's good shout out to me Childhood. Also, can we talk about the new Twitter situation with these likes and retweets and how the ratio, like, when did likes become the thing? If y'all don't retweet this shit, that'd be irritating me. Like, when I have, like, a thousand likes and, like, 90 retweets. Mm. I'm a li- I'm a person who, like, likes all the time because I just be like, oh, this is nice. Oh, this is nice. Oh, this is nice. I'm a retweeter. I'm not I, a retweeter. I am, too. Like, and, and I actually, the reason I like the retweet is because... I retweet it and then I'm kind of done with it. Like those likes stay there. They feel like more because I don't know. I've been on Twitter long enough where like, remember when people used to really get in trouble for tweets that they would like, because you're like the tweets that you like sit there in a separate column. It's basically Mm -hmm. like an entirely separate feed of its own. Mm -hmm. So I try to actually be very strategic about what I like. And I, I just, I think that at some point that shifted a little bit where it's actually like, you should be more careful about what you retweet. And I, I guess, like, people think that people don't see their likes. Like, I don't know. I know people look at my likes, but I, you know what I do? But I love bookmarking now, too, because yes. I can, like, all my real nasty shit that I want to, like, go back to. Or, you know, just, like, really funny shit that mm-hmm. I want to laugh at later. Like, I bookmark. When I see porn that I like on my timeline, yeah. I can bookmark it. I, like, I do like that. Like, I don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, put it on have my this time. in my, exactly. you know. My brain is just, I don't give a fuck on Twitter. So, <laughs> so for the most part, I have been a little more strategic. But mm-hmm. for the most part, still consistent with I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> except for porn, because I just I just like to have my porn for me. That's very, well, Yeah, porn is pers- very private. Yeah, it's like, very personal. The shit that I'm... Y'all, y'all don't want to get up in my porn hub search. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more in the thought section. Uh, right. <laughs> Come on. Um, Okay, so we're just going to jump right into it. For those who may be new to the podcast, we go in order, eat, pray, thought. Um, And we're going to start with eat. Okay, you ready, Cecily? Mm -hmm. All right, all right. What's the Chicago meal you miss the most? Um... Probably a dipped Italian beef from Baba's. Oh, Baba. With a strawberry ba- lemonade. Fucking Baba's, bitch. I, when I went home and I saw that people, first of all, it's still going on. There's still Baba's around. Yes. And I was so, I was like, damn, I haven't seen Baba's since I was in fucking high school. A Chicago classic. Like, oh, you shout just, out to Baba's. That's, and that's one of the, I feel like Heroes is like, you know, the very common, like, the, the common hood spot. You know, mm-hmm. when you go to Chicago. But, like, there are still some underneath that. And, like, Baba's is one of them where, like, nah, like, you, somebody needs to take you to a Baba's. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't just have send nobody into no, into no Baba's to just get that. Because it's also, like, you got to be with, if you're not from Chicago, you got to be with somebody to even know what to order in a Baba's. Like, you can't just get the Italian beef. Like, you got to order it a certain way. Like, you got to get your peppers. You got to get it dipped. Like, shit that just ain't even on the menu. 
<laughs> and you might be able to buy some weed in it. Okay. All right. Shout out. Shout out to Baba. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to. I know I haven't been to. So Baba's. I. I only know Baba's from uh, South Suburb shit. Actually, mm. like I know Baba. Like I said, if it was like a high school shit. We used to go to uh, high school all the time. Yeah, I ain't never been to Baba's. It's good though. Mm. Okay. Well, next time we'll have to go. Also, to be clear, you are from those suburbs I'm that, from the hood suburbs yeah like Chicago like when I feel like when you talking about like Chicago suburbs sometimes you have to like reference it because I think the word suburb just you know conjures a lot of like mm-hmm. you know manicure lawn safety mm-hmm. and there are a lot of suburbs in Chicago that are not that if you find your AKA ass in Har- May- Harvey Maywood, Maywood. Maywood. Yeah. if you're in Maywood if you're in Harvey turn your ass back around Harvey's go back to the numbers though like so it's funny because I live in South Holland and like South Holland right is, up against the heights is so it's like right up against Harvey Dalton mm-hmm. um, Calumet City yes so we're like in this little pocket around you know some hood shit yeah in South Holland you know and then right on the other side is Homewood Very yeah nice. you're safe in Homewood I'm safe in Homewood <laughs> Come you're, on, you're not safe, safe in Thornton cause that <laughs> shit's fucking nah. racist as fuck ooh, ooh damn you're taking never, me back <laughs> I ain't never been to it I ain't never even heard of a Thornton um okay do you eat spaghetti the chicago way it's a sad dish <laughs> now i don't agree with that full stop full stop <laughs> you didn't even let me finish the, it's a sad dish <laughs> not here to argue <laughs> ah, 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 ah. i'm done with i'm not here to argue but Cecily is looking at amber like you do you want to argue about this? i'm not about to argue because i believe it's an entree but my mom was from the south and she was just like what is this shit that y'all doing up here and we don't do this in this house <laughs> why do you, why do you as a why, why is it a side dish Cecily? would you just explain it, it just is <laughs> Bring <laughs> and and it needs to be among a uh, uh, at a at a big meal, you know, a holiday. It's mm-hmm. an option amongst many a side. You bring some mac and cheese. You bring some spaghetti. You bring a side of green beans. You you know what I mean? Like it's one of the sides. I, and and honestly, like even when you cooking it, like just during, it's always like I'm making some fish and spaghetti. I'm making some spaghetti and some chicken, like. Ew, who is just putting that spaghetti on the plate? I make who a very hearty that? spaghetti. I make a very hearty. We make it hard, but that that's also the thing, like about the Midwest too. Like we, we make still it make it hearty. It's yeah. meat and shit in there. It's meat and all type of Italian sausage and shit in there. But mm-hmm. we, it's 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 gonna come with another protein. That's fair. Most times. Okay. <laughs> Cecily, don't look at me like this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a little, I'm a little disappointed, but you know, it's your family from somewhere else. I get it. My, my mama from Mobile, Alabama, she said, it. we don't do this in this house. I get it. <laughs> this is. And if you met my mama, you would be. <laughs> I get it. She'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite toppings on Flaming Hots? Um, honestly, just the cheese. I never was like a big cheese and meat girl. Like, mm. um, I, with Doritos. Now, give me some Doritos. I want some some cheese, some melted nacho cheese. I want some ground beef. Also, with the flaming hots, give me some cheese and give me um a squirt of pickle juice on top of that, bitch, <sighs> baby. Uh, put that pickle juice on top of that nacho Ooh, cheese. Ooh, the pickle juice. <laughs> 
that's how you know this motherfucker is from Chicago. And I know how to eat it without getting a single drop of cheese on my nails. How? Oh, because you... Uh, yeah, like, I just push <laughs> it all up. Yeah, like, I push it all up in the back. Like, people who... <laughs> I saw a bitch get a fork one time. I was like, oh, we eating our flame hot classy now. She had a plastic fork. I was like, okay, bitch, you cute. She from South Holland. Yeah, she said she definitely was from South Holland. I was like, bitch, you pulled out a fork for your shit. Isn't there a picture of you eating them with chopsticks? That is my nail, Savoy. I do not. <laughs> I thought there was a picture of you with eating them with, with chopsticks. And what I kind of shit is that? I just thought it was you being funny. I really no, did. No, I never. I didn't even learn how to use chopsticks. I feel until... like I've seen that. You were talking about this picture right here. This is my nail, Savoy. I've seen that in general. <laughs> you have? Mm-hmm. Okay. That might have been like a video, like a picture that like. You know what? I did think that was a chapstick. My apologies. Let me see. I don't know why I thought that was a chapstick. I think I saw it from. Wait, where is this a chapstick? I don't know. I really (laughs) thought there was a chapstick in the picture. Maybe I'm okay. Never mind. So I didn't. So um, Savoy was like, "Yo, we should have Cecily on the show." And I was like, "All right, cool. Let me see her uh, information." And this was like the first picture I saw, and I was like, "Absolutely, (laughs) one thousand (laughs) percent." Yeah, this definitely like if I can't talk this, if I can't talk them into like having this on my book cover, it's definitely gonna be my mixtape cover. I be rapping sometimes. Come on, come on, <laughs> bitch! Come on, <laughs> spit some bars. No, I don't freestyle, uh, but I do. I do write. Come I am on. a writer, not a. I might have something in this phone. With, let me. Let's go to some more questions, and I might <laughs> come on be able to pull some out for y'all. If you had to take a person who isn't from Chicago to only three restaurants, which three would you take them to, and why? So definitely Baba's to get mm-hmm. us Italian beef. Um, I, I would have to take them to Harold's. I feel like they would want to go. Yeah, and actually, which one are you taking them to? Um, the one on 91st and Ashland or the one on, um, I haven't been to that one. The one on 97th and Ashland, the one on 87th and Sangerman. Yeah. Or the one, I actually, the one that, um, on 87th and Ryan, I know a lot of people really cape for that one, but they just do too much. It's all, you, you always in there for 30, 35 minutes. It's hot. The parking situation is crazy. Like I just, the bucket boys out there begging for money. I just can't do it. (laughs) Um, so yeah, eighty seven. I'm talking about my bucket boys. Yeah, eighty seven is Sangamon on ninety first and Ashland. Okay. Um, also, the one that I think this one is closed down, but it was also one on eighty third and Halsted. Um, and if you go there, they used to stay open until like three or four. I mean, a lot of them stay open L A, but that's mm-hmm. also like a um a popular strip for like street based sex work. Um, particularly um boys and like trans women. Mm. Um. So I just used to like to go that one when I'm a little turned up a little bit. Like, you know, I always make a friend outside. Like, you know, like that one. On. But I think they closed it down. <laughs> I am I always made a friend outside. <laughs> okay, your third one. And then I think actually don't drag me for this, but I actually think Portillo's. Like, I think Portillo's I is like a nice Portillo's. I also like Portillo's. Portillo's and yeah. it's a safe option. It's something for everybody there to eat. Yeah. And generally, you, literally everything on the on the board is good. They got um they sell a tuna melt, but it's like a tuna fillet. It's not like a tuna salad sandwich or nothing like yeah. like some shit I would never think to order nowhere <laughs> out. I got that shit one day. I was like, I see what y'all did here. Like the y'all prizes, did y'all did that. Like yeah, so I w- I would say Portillo's. I think that that's a very safe option just for like. Um, I don't I don't get into the Ch- Chicago. I will say this though, Chicago is a foodie city, mm-hmm. and I I do think that Chicago is definitely one of the top 
three places in the entire country to get a meal. Like Absolutely. I like definitely like sure. Like you go to New Orleans, there are certain things that you have to get there. Yeah. You have to get Popeyes yeah. there. You have to get some, you know, Creole food, some gumbo, all of mm-hmm. that. You know, like in in different pockets of the country, there are certain things that you get that are going to be the best. But I think that overall no matter what type of food you get in chicago like that shit fat like yep. mexican like it, like literally mm-hmm. any type of food you can yep. get there is fat are you um, triggered by how she talking i ain't triggered by fire i'm sorry it just it hit my it hit me like i just feel like someone just smacked the shit out of me with fire, fire. But, but that's another thing i'm not impressed with with new york like yeah, like in new york i think the the selection is like yeah in new york you can literally get any type of food that you can mm-hmm. imagine but the shit probably only gonna taste about a seven out of ten right like, you get what i'm saying it's only gonna Ooh, be hitting for like a seven on. or eight out of ten i'm sorry no like, it's, it's true you it's know true. whereas like go somewhere where you can just always get nines and tens yep chicago i mean i think new york is very much about like the name of things more mm-hmm. than like the actual taste a lot of times yeah like stop trying to sell me this nasty ass pizza with this unseasoned crust just because it's big and costs a dollar this shit ain't good this shit wow. tastes like the cardboard box wow. that it just came out of wow. Look. <laughs> What's your favorite hungover meal? I don't even I don't even know what to say. Um, my favorite hungover meal, there's a place in Brooklyn called Angie's Breakfast Spot. Yes. So boy know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so boy, I know what you're talking about too. Amber knows what she's talking about because she went with a hood nigga there. <laughs> Y'all went on a yo, and, ah, 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 ah. She went with a hood. Hood, nigga. <laughs> and that is what actually Angie's feels like. Angie's, when you go, because I usually, like, if I'm hungover, I'm ordering it for delivery. But one day when I went in there for the first time, and, and I sometimes I just go in there, it feels like the type of place where, like, a very, like, unsuspecting place where, like, a kingpin would be, like, meeting up with niggas to like, to, like, push shit in order. Like, nobody would think that he was in there. The food cheap, like, it's no frills. It's no, it's like family run. The service ain't that great, but when the food comes, it's hitting. Mm-hmm. They make the food fast. It's just getting them to take your order. That's the issue. That's true. Like, you know Points what I mean? Yeah. And they really don't be fucking with black people, I feel like. Like well, I always be well. I mean, ain't, ain't that Dominican? Yeah. I mean, are you surprised? But love to say nigga though, but that ain't my business. <laughs> okay, I'll let you keep continue about um, Angie. <laughs> anyway, Angie's got these corn muffins, and also their omelets are good. Mm. I mean, pretty much like everything is good, and it's mm-hmm. not overpriced. It's very like mom and pop. Like mm-hmm. that's definitely like my my hangover. Okay. Solution. And <sighs> also for anyone, um, for young black gay man Angie's is a perfect place to take your DL trade they'll never suspect you in there <laughs> yes yes or if in the case of Amber you can take your your hood nigga trade <laughs> he really cause when you were talking about a king I don't know if he's a kingpin but like he had okay he had a truck and he would say like he was like oh I, I'm in like the trucking business and I just be do, doing deliveries and stuff and I and he was like but I'm out this because he said he used to sell drugs but he doesn't anymore maybe not a kingpin right. maybe a general or something yeah. though like <laughs> Come on, definitely definitely yeah. got that seed funding up yeah. to start him a little side you know business what? Yeah. shout out to him for seed funding exactly That's yeah that you is know, very like, important he, he, he had the bag together enough to start him a little something on the side I'm proud of him yeah. you know no but fuck him for real though oh, also that we we saying fuck him for real yeah cause he didn't like gays yeah. um, oh and I was like Wrong, wrong, wrong person. And, wrong bitches, and bitches need to understand that. Like, I really don't give a fuck how many gay friends you got if you sit up and let your nigga, like, 
be homophobic. I just I don't, don't get that. Care. I like, don't get it. I don't care. I you you trash just with that nigga. Yeah. Like, mm. Mm. But you know, heterosexuality is kind of um, the ghetto. The worst thing to happen to some some of you know the most brilliant and otherwise dope like black women that I know. I've been talking you, a lot about that. You tweeted that. Yeah, I, like it's it's really been on my heart. Yeah, and it, it spoke to me. It yeah, spoke to me. I'm like. <laughs> triggered um you recently celebrated a birthday and your theme was 32 flavors since we can't go through all 32 what are your top five favorite flavors okay mouth sauce Mm -hmm. um buttery popcorn come on um hennessy a queen um I do. I love the taste. <laughs> See that shit. Yeah, but y'all, it was such a genuine, a genuine a smile. The light in her eyes. Oh, they lit up. Literally. A, a cold brew coffee when it's the first thing that like hits my bloodstream in the morning. Like. Same. Mm. And it's just like. Ugh, it's just it's like, like jolts you. It's like. I ain't never done crack, but I imagine that's what crack feel like. When that shit, when you've been really craving that rock and that shit hits your blood. Like, I think that that's what I be feeling. Um, I cannot. <laughs> and then I think um, the final, my final favorite flavor is probably um, some good ass barbecue sauce. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, let me take that back. Pickles, like pickle juice. Like, I like. Okay. okay. I'm down for Remember that. Remember when Nicki Minaj was going off about they trying to get you to drink the pickle juice? I was no, like, no, I'm sorry. I'm, she, it was, she was like ranting and raving about how you got to be a boss bitch every time you go in because if not, they'll try to serve you pickle juice. And if you're not a boss bitch, then you'll have to drink the pickle juice. And I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> like, but what was she talking about? Right. What was she was talking to? about? I'm sure it was someone who was like, we've heard that you're mean. And she was like, well, here's why I mean, because if not, they'll treat you poorly. Gotcha. And her example of being treated poorly was like, I'm not about to come in here and drink no pickle juice. Okay. Okay. I still exactly. don't get it. I don't know. Because yeah. Nicki Minaj is mean. So <laughs> we're gonna move forward. Next. <laughs> like no shade. It just is what it is. Next. Um, what is the strangest food you've eaten and did you enjoy it? Um, my granddaddy had me eating some pig ears one time and that shit low key was hidden. Like if mm-hmm. with some hot sauce on it, I kinda I try it again. Mm. May he rest in peace. Like, Shout out to your granddaddy. Yeah. Shout out to him. I haven't had, had pig, pig ears, ears, but I have had pig feet. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're not bad. I can't bring myself to. I've like, I've definitely had them cooked, but I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. My mom a country, so yeah. Like I, I eat chillings. Like I'll eat some. Chill- like I when I ate, when I still ate pork, I should say, like I ate chillings. Like oh. I try. I mean, I'm one of those people. Like I'm just. I don't say like I'm pescatarian or I'm this. Like I just. I try not to eat red meat, and I usually allow myself to have some of it, like maybe twice a year. And mm-hmm. or sometimes I just get into moods where I crave it, and I allow myself to have it thing because I'd be like, "Oh, that's probably just my body telling me I like need some of the iron or some shit." Mm, come on, shout Period. out to the iron. Um, I had some last night, but anyways, um, <laughs> some chillies. No, I had some. Iron. I was gonna say you had some chillies on a, just a random iron. Saturday. I'm just being silly. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> um, I was like, there's iron and dick. I don't know. <laughs> Depending. Okay. Um, Bye. <laughs> depending. <laughs> um, pray. All right. We start pray the same way every time. What is your passion? Uh, um, my passion is writing. Um, and I'm I'm confident saying that even on days when I don't feel like I want to write, I haven't been writing enough. Like 
we go through spells of that. Like, and I think mm. that that's okay. I don't think that that takes away from it being a passion because I think that writing has the 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 way in which writing has changed my life when I really started to lean into that as like a talent and an interest of mine. Like, I literally started writing as soon as I learned how to read. Like those things, it it just was always. I mean, and it started off as like. I would write little poems and then I would write little stories and then I would just write that writing, write the notes that I would write to my friends in class. Like just the word has just always been just a part of who I am. So I still got a lot of them notes. So I should have bought something to read to y'all. That would have been funny to see. Did you used to fold them? Yes. You know, you security. <laughs> hello. That was the first iPhone code. How you folded <laughs> You folded that note up. Fact. Shit. That was the first iPhone code. You ain't about to get this T too quick. You gonna have to maneuver some shit. And if you try to open it up too fast, you'll rip it. Now you played yourself. Now you can't read it. Damn. That was the first iPhone password. (laughs) Word. Cecily taking me back. Ooh. Yes. The first iPhone code. You girls don't know about that. You don't. Bitches don't even know how to write. With a pen and paper no more. You hoes only know how to text. <laughs> I am done with you hoes only know how to text. Woo! And most of y'all ain't good at that. Oh, come Ooh. on. Mm. Mm. I said it. Anyways, you've talked about how you grew up in the projects. How did living in the projects shape you and how are you and how you see community? First of all, let me tell you why this question was funny. Because when I went home for Christmas, this just this past Christmas, mm-hmm. I found out that my mama been capping, trying to act like we did not live in the projects. So my mama got a roommate and my roommate was like, yeah, why? I swear to God, I like said something about the, the projects that I live in. I used to live in Parkway. Um, and my mama roommate was like, yeah, your mama be trying to act like y'all ain't stay over there. I'm like, yeah. She was like, well, we weren't there that long. We, <laughs> when we lived in the projects... And this actually goes in to answer your question. When we live in the projects, we live with my auntie, who, of course, is my mama's best friend, <laughs> and her kids. So I think that's part of the way it shaped me in, mm-hmm. like, really learning the meaning of um, chosen family and also, like, the way in which black women really show up for each other. Mm. Like, it was only a three-bedroom apartment. And it was two grown women and three kids living in there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, like, that... Um, I think that was just such an important piece of it that has stayed with me through the years. I mean, I think it was also just um, through that experience of of living there. And then when we moved, moving literally down the street, ma, like literally moved walking distance down the fucking street to the place where the niggas from the projects used to shoot at. Like we basically moved to the other side of the fucking war zone. Like we switched sides. Like we did, you know what I mean? Like she's, my mom would be killing me trying to cap but anyway um but i think even when we moved there i mean honestly that like there that black people will find joy in any in any every Mm. circumstance come on that um that there is nuance in um even very specific like social status i think that's what annoys me about like the tv and film landscape right now um all of a sudden now like we're very interested in the black people who went to college 
right? Like that's how we're diversifying blackness on television is that now we're not only focusing on the, the, the crime and the poverty infested parts of black culture. We're focusing on like the college educated part. And it's like, no, actually y'all just was really doing a shitty job of talking about the poverty part. Cause y'all could have just got deeper into that shit and discover all types of different characters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bitches who like science, who live in a projects. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, drama with with families and Mm -hmm. money and you know what I mean like it's money coming in and out of there like Mm -hmm. it's you know like there's just so much um diversity I think even in very specific circumstances of of blackness that I wish um people would talk about more and I, I mean to be honest like I think it just made me a real bitch like and and i and when i say that what i specifically shout out to all the real bitches like and when i say that i think literally what that means is that like as i go through life you know like i think that we all go through life you know with certain kinds of like priorities you know my priority is to be successful my priority is be is to be legendary to be well liked like honestly i hope that anybody i come across just think that i'm a real bitch like that they they think that i i mean what i say that i'm standing on what i say that um I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not, that there's a certain level of respect that I demand, that there's a certain level of respect that I'm going to give others. And that just like there's a certain code that I'm Mm going to live by. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and that I'm going to survive and that I'm going to be okay. You know, and I I don't think that that is, um, I just don't think it's a lot of real bitches I don't think it's a lot. I don't think that it's. I don't think that there's a lot of visibility around real bitches, and I do think it's because real bitches Wait, come from. Not. I think that real bitches because you because it, honestly, when I moved to New York, I was just tweeting about this too. You probably saw it, but like I, I moved to New York, and I was like, yes, I love New York because it's also real black. I was all these black girls with box braids and shit. They was all cute and fashionable. I was finding out that all them bitches had like rich parents came from three generations of doctors had white boyfriends up in Bushwicks and had no black friends. <laughs> I was like, what what part of the game is that? And then just like hearing their stories. Amber, you know a lot of those. And so I was like, that's what I was like. Amber, you know a lot like, of those. Wait. <laughs> and then you and hear shout out to Spellman. <laughs> Like you hear their stories about like just like how to interact with with they how they interact with their friends and I'm like your roommate did what? Spelling girls hang out with black people. Thank you. <laughs> but you're right. But I mean to be honest, like you know a lot of the girls that went to HBCUs don't like me because <laughs> because I because I wrote an article one time for Blavity, but also fuck Blavity. Um, <laughs> Damn. I wrote, yeah, put don't cut this out either. Um, oh. Well, unless y'all got some money coming from me, y'all can cut. We it ain't out. got no money. But, um, <laughs> Because, but have, okay, you the views what, and opinions to... do not express the word Jefferson PR. <laughs> <laughs> right, you gotta get your client. Right, right, right. The views and opinions of guests do not speak for the word Jefferson for pussy. Um, but no, speak, I, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because um, I I wrote a piece one time that was actually. So I went to um, the first college I went to. I, you know, I wasn't that great of a student, so I had to transfer to another school to actually matriculate and get a get a degree. But the first the first school that I went to was the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Mm-hmm. That is a huge state school. The total mm-hmm. population of it when I went there was around forty six thousand, and at that time the population was between five to seven percent black. Some quick math for y'all. That meant that there were around twenty between twenty five hundred and three thousand black students mm-hmm. at the school. That's more than the entire higher population of some HBCUs. Right. Like that's a huge 
population of black people. And what that meant is that like the black culture on campus was fucking lit. Like, I mean, we, we had the D nines, we had the, we had uh, our own, uh, homecoming programming we had our own week called cotton club which is like a second homecoming that was just all for black people so a lot of the things that um happened at like hbcus that go viral what let's let's be honest y'all what content goes viral from hbcus swag a big swag surf a, a step show uh you know, the uh, bands. Uh, the bands. The, now, we did not have a black band. I will say that. The, yeah, the University of Illinois did not have a black band. But also, all them HBCUs don't have bands either. Okay. Do they? O.B. Spellman technically doesn't. Right. So, but, I wrote this piece that was basically about, I was like, you know, I think that a lot of folks, and I mean, also thinking very specifically about Bla- Blavity's audience, which is, um, like, younger and college age black folks. Mm-hmm. I think that you're in that bubble where you're, the college experience that you are having is the only one that you know or the college experience that you want to have or, or are about to have are the only one that you know. So the piece that I wrote was basically just trying to say that like just because you do not go to an HBCU does not mean that you do not get to have a college experience that is uniquely black, right? Because depending on the the type of PWI or the type of non-HBCU that you go to, like it's black folks there there's a community basically what i was trying to say is that anywhere a big group of black folks like congregate like we're going to build up some communities ourselves and Mm -hmm. maybe when i tell you the hbcu students Mm -hmm. were just live it i mean live it they were in my dms and in my mentions for weeks about this shit they were just like so and these motherfuckers you did not because the because actually what i said was i had a black college experience oh and what they thought yes what they thought that i was saying was that i had the experience of going to a black college but i was trying to say that like i had a college experience that that was black black. right so so the wording fucked a lot of people up because people never read the article see and and also um but but yeah so but some of y'all going on to them HBCUs, y'all don't be real bitches either because y'all grew up around fucking white people K through 12 and y'all went to HBCUs to learn that's, how to be around black people. That's if you really want to know the happens. tea. And then also, let's talk about how you really got it. Or, or if you if you didn't, you probably grew up a Jack and Jill ass nigga yep. uh, with, with money and generations of wealth Ooh. to send you to that HBCU because we know the motherfuckers don't be having no financial aid to give y'all because I'm going to tell y'all what I couldn't do. I couldn't sit at campus for three months waiting on my refund check. I would have I would have not been able to attend school. And that's that's that on that, right? Like so let's just let's just relax and like it's okay. I, I just think that to me being a real bitch is just about having a certain like moral code and I think that there are certain places where you really have to live by that you you have to learn that in an earlier age because that's all you have. When you're not able to have like you know, when you can't exchange, well, my dad does this or my mom does this or or my 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 family has this job or this position. Like when you don't have those very like material realities to exchange for for power and for um, autonomy and agency in your living situation, like what you have is the code and like how you live by that. Um, and so that's what I think I learned from from growing up in the projects, because I just feel like I learned how to live by um I learned the importance of having a code even in the first place and then how to live by one. Shout out to the bad bitch code. The Thank real you. bitch code. Sorry. <laughs> right. You are very vocal about calling yourself fat. I am. Why? 
<laughs> I love it. I know. Why is it so important that you use this word to describe your body? Um, I think it's important for a couple of reasons. I, let me also be very transparent. Not only am I fat, for all the listeners, so those of y'all who don't know who I am and what I look like. Not only am I fat, I'm what the kids call built bad too. Like I don't have an hourglass shape. I am not like, you know, I'm not just like a plus size version of Cardi B. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the plus size models that we give a lot of visibility to. Like I'm just, I'm just fat. Like I'm just like a fat bitch. Um, and I use that word to describe myself because one, like, we actually like those women who do have hourglasses we actually go out of our way to not call them fat because mm-hmm. fat is considered a bad word so we say like oh she's voluptuous plus size bbw thick like you know whatever like no i think it's important that we just say what it is because there's also a, a requirement of honesty around that and i it neutralizes the word so like i'm gonna say that i'm a that i'm a fat girl and then you it's your job now to put that word in context with all of the other things that you know me to be whether it whether it be you know you know me as your your colleague a good writer a friend a lover a, a sister on a daughter a person you passed on the street who was nice to you etc because normally when we pull the word fat from the sky and conceptualize it we actually have like a lot of very negative shit that's coming up mm-hmm. lazy ugly unattractive uh you know undesirable mm-hmm. etc so it's just it was really important for me to to neutralize the word um against me in that way to to neutralize the word so that it can't be used against me in that way and i also do think it gives people pause and it forces them to reconsider even what that word means to them um it, it does mm-hmm. and the first yeah. time i heard you just i'm i saw you you did the free form mm-hmm. summit and the first time it was me and a friend and when you said it i was like <laughs> like yeah it was like i was very like whoa yeah like it makes it like i've seen people like visually flinch when i say it and usually what happens is like people who you know are you know are trying to be friendly towards me oh my god don't say that yeah like, no, you're so you're beautiful pretty. Yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah and fat right. <laughs> like i'm fine and fat mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. or no the new the new the new shit though is confident you're yeah. so confident like <laughs> no. bitch just say i look good mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how did you get so confident bitch look at me <laughs> like look. well that's basically like our mm-hmm. next question uh not about like com- like how did you get so confident but it's like what i what just looking at you and like reading about you and knowing about what the world says about mm-hmm. fat black women in mm-hmm. general just in general it's easy for someone to be like, okay, I'm fat, I'm black, I hate myself because yeah. the world hates me. There's stigma. There's definitely stigma. Yeah, like there's literally, like, I mean, because like in the same way, like I just said that that saying that I'm fat and like saying that, you know, factually and uncontext, you know, without context and what that makes people do, mm-hmm. that could be said about a lot of stuff. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard some of my friends and fam who are like HIV positive who are like out about it speaking that same way. Like, yeah, I say that I'm I'm positive and it makes people rethink all of the stigma that they heard about it. Or I heard mm-hmm. people say that, you know, I'm trans and it makes them rethink like, you know, things that anything that has a stigma to it, mm-hmm. um speaking Speaking about it honestly is like sometimes a small, sometimes a large first step. But because that stigma does exist, I do think that's a very fair question just about like who taught me. I mean, honestly, I taught me mm-hmm. no one. The The trauma of being a fat black woman starts so early. And I'm like, I'm I was born fat. Like I 
I mean, I've been fat all my life. You know what I mean? For as long as I can remember, like I didn't. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that is a very important thing to say because what it means is that I've never had an attachment to um, the privileges of being in like what is considered like a, a, a normal size, a straight size, a, a thinner um, body. Um, and that isn't that is an important detail because people who like were not fat and are now fat or people who were fat and who are now not fat have a different relationship mm-hmm. to it. Um, but I think that being a fat black woman, the trauma starts so young mm-hmm. and starts so um soon before you even have a word for it so by the time you know what the word fat phobia is or by the time you know what body shaming or body positivity is like there are roots of anti-fatness in you Mm. um it's crazy i just i i had to babysit my nephew for a week while um his mom was out of town and me and him had a conversation because he was like um he basically was like, I kind of really wish that you were not fat because I just don't like how like, you know, because like then when you're fat, like people make fun of you. And like, so like, I just wish that everybody could just kind of be skinny because and it was like such a like obviously parts of the conversation were hurtful just because like, damn, like this is the world. Like yeah. he's six. Right. Like he does not have. He doesn't have language for any of this. Like, he doesn't have... um, But, like, he already knows that, like, fat is bad and skinny is good. Mm -hmm. And and he already has... Not that people should not... And and thank God, you know, his his mom is a real one. So, like, when I was telling her about the conversation, like, she had a conversation with him about, like, well, actually, like, it's not that we don't want people to be fat. It's that we want people to, like, not judge people based on what they look like. Come right? on, mama. You know, yeah, the mama... My my sister, real, real bitch. Okay, um, but I I just want to use that as an example of how young and how early we start to throw negative um, energy onto what fatness means. And I think for me, it was about um, I learned like I felt like there were cheat codes. Like I just. And I think things that started as defense mechanisms, I was like, wait, what if this was real, though? Like, um, I was always like, you know, the 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 loud, tough, kind of funny girl. And I think a lot of that was about deflection. Like, I need to just put out so much other shit. Like, let me give y'all bells and whistles so that nobody pays attention to the fact that I am fat. Like, if I could, like, it was like, I always felt like, I had a good day if like nobody in the hallway at school or nobody outside like mentioned that I was fat like nobody said your fat ass walking down the street or you know like made a joke um and what I started to notice I like I just started to notice how it kind of worked and I was like okay well actually what is it here like what is actually at play and I think that like human connections became more important to me Mm -hmm. um like if I can hurry up and like make you fuck with me, like as a person, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to worry about your fat phobia now at that point. Um, and, and I think 
what that kind of forced me to do over time. And I don't think this happens for everyone, but I think for me, like I actually, I didn't want that to be a front and I didn't want to do that just to avoid fat phobia. Like I think I wanted to be just like a good person. Mm -hmm. And there came a point in time where it started to feel dishonest to be so, um, just like jovial and happy for up to other people Mm -hmm. and emotionless when like I was clearly feeling so much, um inside um so i think that was part of it and also i listen to a lot of female rap and that shit helps that shit helps it it really does because like you know you take music in in any situation when you by yourself when you with other people and like um and then you also get older and start to realize that some of fat phobia is a lie you know like one of the lies about fat phobia is that like no one is attracted to fat black women and no one wants to fuck them I was getting so much dick. You know what I mean? Like, uh, another, uh, fat women are lazy and they, and they stink. I actually don't sweat a lot. I literally was wearing teen spirit deodorant until I was 24. Like, I, I, I actually am blessed in the genetics of my family. Like, I actually don't be musty. Like, you know, just like, just like shit like that. Like, a lot of this shit was cat. I was like, a lot of this shit is cat. I just, I don't want, I just don't want you to be wearing teen spirit. I don't wear teen spirit anymore. I do not wear teen spirit. so funny that you were 24 wearing teen spirit. But literally, and here's why I stopped wearing it because I'm like, this shit is like very fruity. Like, everybody, (laughs) I smell like strawberries everywhere I go. I don't need to be. I don't need to like get can I just have a little bit more low-key deodorant like I don't like teen spirit is loud like but 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 I, but you know what I mean like, I just started realizing like a lot of that shit was cap and like you know so I think when those two things happened I was like I'm actually kind of a bad bitch like just if we be honest like I'm yeah. you know like I'm a real bitch I'm fine as hell like you know like and I think when I first started saying it like the energy I got back from it like people kind of laughed like you know like, huh, that's you know, here comes Cecily. That she she funny, but it was like, no bitch. Oh, no, like, I was just yeah, saying, I was no, like, I'm serious as fuck. Yeah, like I'm dead ass serious, and I think that it that's that's what took that's what took a while to, to catch on. I I I knew that I was onto something when I think the the dissonance and like a lot of the discontent that I felt wasn't about how I felt about myself, but it's it became trying to rectify like how I saw myself versus how the rest of the world saw me because that that is where the disconnect is like I go home I get naked like I honestly like like I feel like clothes because the fashion industry itself is fat phobic like I look worse in clothes but like I love the way I look naked Mm -hmm. like I I like my body when I'm naked like I prefer my body naked too I really do like I it ain't an outfit yet that really like hits me and like shows me the shit that I be seeing when I'm naked at home. Like I be like, well, I be damn. Like the bra was supposed to help. Like you know what I mean. Like well, well, the bra, the bra helped. The bra, the bra does a little something. But like, you know, but like a shirt, but like a shirt, yeah. or like you know what I mean, or like the mm-hmm. way the way I hate my back fat in literally any outfit that I wear. And like I be naked, I be like, mm, this look cute. Not not that big of a deal. Right. Well, and I also think like it's just because like that's just what bodies look like. Like mm-hmm. when we see. And I don't know, maybe it's because I've seen a lot of bitches naked. I just be like, it's, I just have a body. I have a body amongst billions of bodies out here. Like, mm-hmm. it ain't the best, it ain't the worst. Like, it's just a body. Like, this is just yeah. the one I have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Period. I love Period. you. Period. I really love you. What's something you wished everyone knew about fat black women? 
what advice would you and what advice would you give to young fat black women so i wish that um more people understood that fat black women are not concepts or ideas that we are humans like um there's this weird thing that happens because i go by fat bad fat black girl on the internet i always get like these random it's always like a high school or college age white boy randomly tagging some of his friends on like a picture of mine from like 50 weeks ago with either like a dead emoji or like a crying laughing emoji and I know what's happening they're sitting somewhere having a little funny ass key key amongst themselves and they've googled fat black girl or searched Instagram for fat black girl I'm the first thing that came up and now they're like making jokes to one another about like fat black girls I also know that happens because I have a picture of myself that's always used in like memes and it's because when you search fat black girl on the internet I'm literally on the first page of the search of the the google image search because I wrote an article mm-hmm. about like body positivity and used a picture of myself in it mm-hmm. so um I know for a fact that people are often like searching just for that term like fat black girl which is really interesting because like that is seen if you want to like make fun of one of your homeboys like oh I found you a girl or something like that you search for a fat black girl because we are assumed to be at the bottom of the totem pole like and it's just that we're an idea and not humans you know what I mean like we're just people and I just I wish more people um understood that I think who for young my advice for young um fat black girls um oh I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> um, <laughs> my advice for young fat black girls is um, this is going to be very hard to hear and very hard to believe, sis. But um, losing weight is not going to um, fix any problems that are not weight related. I spent a lot of my life thinking that my entire life would change once I like lost weight or had a different body. Oh, I'm struggling Ooh. at work. Oh my God, I'm gonna have to lose weight. I I want to I want to travel. I want to get on a plane. I'm gonna have to lose weight first. I want to apply for the, like every single thing that I did was wrapped up in like I gotta lose weight first. I would. And to the point where, and here's the real tea on like fat phobia and shit. It would be shit like, um, I got into it with this boy one time. He kicked me and my knee on the bus and my knee was fucked up, has been fucked up ever since. I did not want to go to the doctor because I was like, it's probably worse because I'm fat. So if I just lose weight, my knee will probably stop hurting from where he kicked me in it. Like I probably would have, I probably wouldn't have been able to take this, this injury if I just like wasn't fat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so. To, to y'all in particular it's not going to live your fucking life take care of yourself mm-hmm. do the things you want to do and need to do while you are fat if you want to if, if it's about a dress you want to wear if it's about a baby you want to have um just make sure that nigga ain't trash don't have no baby with no trash ass nigga please, no matter what size please you are. don't but um but anyway like do live live the life that you want to live while you're fat and you will start to notice that you feel different about your body when you just are living a life that you want to live it's real easy to sit in self-hate when you just when you not allow yourself to live no life and and the gag is is that people tell us that we shouldn't like people don't even want to see fat people like we just Mm -hmm. we just shouldn't exist like literally all i have to do is post a picture of myself and it's gonna be niggas like this is glorifying obesity Bitch, I just stood here with my hand on my hip. Like, what should, 
Like we show up, we literally show a picture of a fat person on the internet and people say this is harmful. It's harmful that we see this person. Mm -hmm. This is harmful to our culture that we see a person with a body like this. Like we we really have to sit in that shit, y'all. Like that that really is the the narrative around like fat bodies. Like mm -hmm. motherfuckers don't even want to see us. Like we should not exist. Period. Um, so I know it's hard, but go live your life, cause like I love you, man. Make motherfuckers see you. I I love this. I, Cause I'm gonna be honest with you, like as someone, you know, you, you're getting older, your body changes, and for a very long time, and like I gained a lot of weight from medication, whatever, mm -hmm. and I'm just now getting to that space where I'm like. I'm tired of hating myself. Yes. Like, I actually, like, like who I am. And I actually think that I'm a dope human being. Right. Why am I hiding? Because I feel like I don't look a certain way or I'm supposed to look a certain way. And so I'm, I definitely feel what you're saying. I'm still in that space where I'm still struggling. And I understand that. Cause like, especially like with women, I know with everyone it's hard, but like with women, you get so many just like images yes. all yes. the time about your body. Everyone comments on your body. Yeah. Everyone, you know, going home for the holidays is a trigger sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful to just hear those words. I yeah. mean, I'm basically the person that <laughs> I'm asking for the advice too, <laughs> shit. Cause I'm like, whoo, yeah. it's, um, it's hard out here but and it's also okay to want to change things about your body like even mm -hmm. that's because on the very flip side of that we also like overemphasize like loving yourself to fat women too mm -hmm. it's like even though we saying all this negative shit about you and we don't want to see you because we think you promote an unhealthy lifestyle you need to love yourself because bitch if we find out that you out here working out and eating salads we gonna talk about you for doing that like we're gonna comment on you I like I, I I actually have a lot of phobia around the gym because of terrible terrible experiences that I've had with like people making unsolicited comments about my body in that particular space like in the space of the gym also we better not find out that you got no plastic surgery we better not find it's it's just like we kind of can't win for losing and like mm -hmm. for example like I want a BBL like I, I want to get this shit rearranged you know what I mean mm -hmm. like I'm cool with that too like I'm I think that like it's there's a time where you in your life where you just really have to live in acceptance of what you what you have and what you don't and what you want and what and what you want to change and what you don't like no if if you if Savoy if you said you wanted to start going to the gym like nobody's gonna have no comment about that shit either way you know what I mean oh good good for you mm -hmm. no for you you know whatever that like we fat fat women don't get to exist on like neutral ground like that right. if i say i need to start going to the gym yes save yeah. your life sis <laughs> yes i'm laughing and then, because... and then when i get there it's gonna be some motherfuckers taking pictures of me on the low laughing about them sending them to their friends like i went to a blink fitness i really want to drag blink fitness Come because on, it was it. the trainers it was the niggas who worked there who were actually like congregating in a circle sneak dissing they they also was just trash niggas anyway because it was like another it was like a bad bitch in there too like um like a, a, a smaller bad bitch i should say like you know lifting her waist and like i could see them kind of like um 
they weren't catcalling her because they weren't like saying anything to her, but they were obviously huh. congregating to like look yeah, at her. look at look at sis, like right. you know what I mean, thick mm-hmm. as fuck. Like if she would have just turned around, she would have saw me. Like that inter- that that's also not why why bitches go to the gym. Right. But like also, you know what I mean? Like like saw them saw them kind of like sneak dissing and I'm like damn like everybody is in here trying to like do some shit for their bodies everybody is in here with like a different story and a different relation to their bodies and like this is what y'all this is what you ashy dick ass niggas are in here doing because wow. I know I know every last come one of them on. sent ashy dick pics come on every last one of them sent ashy Please. dick pics Please. and you will go to hell yeah because going sending ashy dick pics is the de- the the devil's work. The devil's work. <laughs> Shit. The devil's playground. It's funny that you say that though, because I think um, I literally just tweeted today. I was like, one of my goals for 2020 is just to love my body mm-hmm. and um, really be good to it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I know everybody's experience is different, but I think as oddly enough. Um, in the last couple of years, and really, <laughs> um, Black Gay Twitter, lovely place, also very triggering space for me. Oh, uh, and also really mm-hmm. rough when it comes to mm-hmm. bodies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, with that being said, I think, um, especially in 2019, I've had to deal with a lot of this kind of coming, because I don't have a six-pack, mm-hmm. I don't have a fat ass. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my ass is like flat um you want to join me for hashtag bbl 2021 what's bbl 21 like i want to start a specific savings account for mine so well, like, you know, if you want to join me on a journey let me know okay um i'm not i'm not there yet okay um fair because i got booty on because you saw santana got his 360 lipo and it's yeah yes yes I, I, girl i just i also put him on instagram today for, for good bussy, good bussy vibes but um because <laughs> it's important so um of him shaking his ass but i think i got booty on the low like okay. you don't know it's there until uh, you're up you on gotta it take then, it out them jeans. yeah you gotta take it out the jeans and then it's there it's mm. not a lot but it gets the job done. yes no one has ever said that my ass doesn't taste as good as a big booty bitch and that's all that really matters to me. Um, but I say all that to say, I think for the last last two years, I've been really kind of dealing with that because I did in 2017, I lost like over 20 some pounds. Mm-hmm. And now I'm the biggest I've probably ever been at 216. And I think for me, it's just kind of like, okay, I'm still got to love this. Mm-hmm. Even, even though there is, you know, Joe Smo with the six pack and there's, Taekwon with the fat ass um, in the small waist and the thick thighs who's built just like you know um, one of these Instagram models but he's a man um, I still gotta walk into a space and like love mm-hmm. and know that like this is what mm-hmm. I can get right. with, mm-hmm. even with this gut period um, so you be seeing any- the memes that's like sitting outside the gym wondering if I should go in when I've been pulling niggas with the same body for years <laughs> That's energy, bitch. Come on. <laughs> but the thing is, I haven't been pulling niggas for years. So I think that's also mm. my issue that I've been like, I've internalized a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm now trying to um, really change my my story, the storylines that I have. Mm. Because for a long time, I've just never, mm-hmm. I've just, I've always either been the friend or I've just, you know, I've never been that I think for a long time in general, and I'm starting to deal with that as well, I've had this idea 
that I wasn't attractive because I've never been promiscuous. Mm-hmm. I've never mm-hmm. been or I've never even had a lot of the opportunities to mm-hmm. be promiscuous, in my personal opinion. And for a long time, I was always just kind of like everybody would be fucking but me. Right. And we still, don't talk enough about desire because woo. that's an important that's actually a very important conversation. And we don't like I think a lot of people use the word pretty plip pretty privilege and sometimes i don't even like that word because there's a like because i'm fine yeah because i'm fine like i'm yeah, not, like, not pretty like yeah. i'm not not pretty there is something very specific though about desirability and yeah. and having been desired and there the privilege actually is there and like that desire is political you yeah. know what i mean it shows up in where we're located where do we live yeah what access do we have are we fat are we not are we mm-hmm. cis are we trans etc etc mm-hmm. like that that's probably no. a different conversation for a different day but no, like, it, that no, is no, we right it's interesting because i've literally told my th- th- i've told my therapist multiple times and one of the things i've even had to put down as an affirmation is i am desirable because i i have not felt i've never felt desirable right never like i can say that as a 34 year old black gay man mm-hmm. who has lots of success and has all these things i've never felt desire i've never had and the one time i there have been there have been very specific instances as a matter of fact amber was there for one of mm-hmm. them hey amber was like savoy that's not a like she, amber was like very like i don't like that. i didn't like that like mm-hmm. this boy picked me up and grabbed me by my ass and i love that shit mm-hmm. i loved it because mm-hmm. i've never felt that mm-hmm. i know in the hindsight mm-hmm. this shit is wrong but in my mind for the mm-hmm. that was one time that i felt a nigga that was right. fine literally right. picking me up by my ass and telling me no nah, like bro where you going no nah, mm-hmm. you too fine i'm not letting you go um but i I felt that because I've never felt that before. Did you fuck him? No. No. I went in his DMs, though. Um. (laughs) I'm actually thinking about that real thick dude. We were out somewhere, and he was, like, actually trying to approach you. He was actually really good looking. Yeah, but he was giving me creepy vibes. That, I don't know, like, that... That was creepy for me. The other thing, but whatever you felt like. Oh yeah, that. Oh that. Yeah, that was creepy. Like okay. Yeah, that was creepy too. But this Uh, was a different time. I didn't think. I didn't think that guy was that creepy. I was like, he seems like he like wants to talk to you. But he was just the way he was giving me. Like he was going. He wanted to spit in my mouth, and I'm just not okay with that. I don't. You know what? I've been meeting a lot of friends who like that, and I I don't like that. I think I just have a thing. I have a thing with spit in general. Like like when people on TV, when people be brushing their teeth, I have to look away at the part when they when they They spit spit. it. And I I just have a thing with that, so I don't like it. But back back to desire, like as a as a fat black woman too. One of the reasons why I'm so vocal and like I I talk about you know I don't date broke niggas. I talk about not dating broke niggas. I talk about um you know not be impressed about niggas just in general mm-hmm. because you know shit like fat phobia and transphobia that stuff does actually intersect with desirability a lot yeah. um and i actually like it's it's actually more important for like i hope that you know fat bitches know that like you can fuck with any nigga you want to and you don't have to settle for shit i don't want to hear about another fat bitch giving a nigga a tax check 
letting a nigga borrow their car while they at work bitch no he need to pay your rent he you need to uh go pick your side nigga up in his car like mm-hmm. you i be watching 90 day fiance and it's every goddamn season it's a fat bitch on there like being a fool for 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 some guy and i just think that's so like fat black women in particular are really we are especially i think black women in general are taught that like we just supposed to accept what we can get like I, I know he just drive for uber right now but Ooh. when he start his business and his rap career glow up and he really become successful you really gonna be happy that you held him down like that's that's the narrative that we get uh as black women in general and then i think for fat black women it's like and even if he don't you just need to be glad that like this nigga like you yeah no the fuck i don't like i don't have kids for a reason if i wanted to take care of another motherfucker i would have one like i don't have to do shit so part of it is about deprioritizing relationships as like validation of who you are in the first place like like real like I'm okay never I'm okay never having another nigga if it mean that like I ain't got to deal with a trash one period that's and that's that on period and I think people need to like sit down with themselves and ask themselves that if you never if you never get another piece of dick well I mean <laughs> get you, get you a piece. Wait, wait, wait! Don't go too. If you get need you a, piece a piece of dick, get you a piece of dick and send the nigga back home, sis. I, don't pay for the Uber. Let him catch the bus. But you know, get you a piece of dick where you can get it. That's fine. But in terms of like who you giving your space and your energy and shit to, you know, in terms of just you know trying to just to say you got somebody, sit down with yourself and really ask yourself like if you if you never have another nigga, mm-hmm. and also I use nigga as a gender um, non specific. Okay, uh, so this is also Same for lesbians, for- mm-hmm. trans men, trans women. I just mm-hmm. mean niggas. And if if you are okay never having another partner, are you okay with that? If it means that you never have another trash one, yeah. And like, I really had to get to a place a couple years ago, I would say actually before before I met my partner who I'm with now. So a couple years ago, um, I manifested that shit. I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm no. And I don't give motherfuckers chances either. Blocked. Quick. Before you can, you think about fucking up, you be blocked on my line and on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram and on LinkedIn because motherfuckers are trying to DM you on LinkedIn. Come no. Oh, trigger! You know the only place you're not gonna be blocked at where you can send me a message. Venmo, Venmo, yeah, Venmo, bitch. <laughs> I will gladly accept the Venmo. Period. But sometimes they be. I remember when an ex liked something, like yeah. like some activity, and I was like, "Bitch, why are you doing this?" I remember that. <coughs> and was pissed. I was pissed. I keep all of my transactions private though. So, like, it ain't shit for you to like on my page. And I do that because, like, random strangers be sending me money on the internet. Shout out to them. <laughs> yeah. So, Please. I just, I be wanting people to know I'm really no face, no case. My I'm cash really app a no face, no is <laughs> cash <laughs> Amber Milan. <laughs> I am done. So, you recently wrote an article um, discussing how the, mo- the mom on the show, Euphoria, <laughs> helped you grow closer to your mom to your mm-hmm. own mom yeah. how has your relationship journey changed with your mother and what's something you wish you you wish your teenage the teenage version of yourself knew about your mom so um this is interesting my mom was actually an addict for pretty much the first half of 
of of my life. Um, so she was like in and out of rehabs and just, you know, I mean, she was a crackhead. Like, you know, she went through the motions of, 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 of having that addiction. And she, mm. the thing that I actually love about my mom now in adulthood is that she um, is clean and has been clean now for about, 17 years um Shout out to so her. like yeah so like i have an i have a whole another half of my life where i've had a, a parent who was clean but i think that um one of the things our relationship was really it's funny because when my mom was an addict like i didn't feel like we had a tough relationship and part of that is because i was young so i yeah. you know like i just i wanted to be she was my mama shit you know like she's who i wanted to be with mm-hmm. you know and all of that our relationship actually didn't get rough until i started really started to enter adulthood so like when i really hit that like teenage years and had my my first um pretty much my teenage years all through college me and my mom had a really rough relationship because i think my mom Actually, I know that my mom carries a lot of guilt from the time that she spent as an addict. So even though I don't see the ways in which my mom may feel like she has missed the mark as as a parent, she does. And she really feels that. I also have a sister who is nine years older than me. So she really feels how my mom misses the mark and their relationship is very different than the relationship that I have with our mama. And um our relationship has evolved so so i think it was one guilt but also the truth is that like when you're an addict and just trying to get your own life together you don't actually like you know and because other people are helping you raise your children and having to raise your children for you at some points you don't really know really what it means to be a parent you know like you don't have the privilege of kind of like reading mommy blogs and spending time with other you know parents so I think what actually happened is that my mom really struggled my mom was finally clean and I think finally in a place where she's like all right I'm ready to do this mama shit and then I was like I'm ready to do this grown shit I'm grown (laughs) like you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and that was just us that I mean, literally up until I say within the last five years, four or five years. And it's still stuff that kind of bubbles up between us. Like, um, because I think my mom is just catching up in a lot of ways. So like, you know, I talk about like, you know, oh, I don't really know if I, you know, want to have kids. Like, I'm kind of really on the fence about it. Like, and that to me is a very personal decision just because I watch my friends who have kids. I don't underestimate how hard that shit is. Mm -hmm. I know the type of lifestyle I want. I know how much kids cost. You know, I just... I don't think I have to do it. I am of a generation where, like, I don't feel like I'm incomplete if I don't ever have kids. My mama dramatic Virgo ass. And I just think it's because of me and what? I, I, I think I damaged you. I think I've, I think I've ruined you. I think I've damaged you. And I'd be like, girl, like, no, you didn't. It's not about, <laughs> it's not about you. you. <laughs> this is about me. Oh, when you said relax, I just thought about Ari Lennox. Relax. 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 <laughs> I, I just be having a, like, so I, I think that, you know, our relationship, but, but what I will say, though, is, um, it's just really, I also, I mean, also part of the reason to be honest why why I don't want to, why I don't know if I'm cut out to have kids because I'm a fucking control freak of a person. Like even like, <sighs> it is really hard for me to like let grown people be grown to like, or to just let other humans be, be humans. And like, I, a lot of black people 
don't think that's your job, but that actually is your job as a parent is to really raise a human being to send out into the rest of the world. They're not going to be your child forever. And like, instead of like trying to raise them to be like the most convenient that they can be for your lifestyle Ooh. and for your household and shit, which, <laughs> which don't get me wrong. Like there has to be some of that. Cause you got to run a household, mm. but like, instead of trying to raise them to like f- fit all of your needs as, as whatever you got going on, like, also part of what being a parent means is like raising them to be you know human beings and I always think about the day like what if I raise the nigga that 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 don't want to take care of his kids I'm gonna fuck him up I don't I just don't know what I was what if I raised the girl who who conspired with her boyfriend to kill that girl at Spelman I don't know you I'm sorry I don't know you no more don't call me and I'm and I'm calling Spelman to get my tuition money back I don't have a daughter that was that was Clark Atlanta. I, that that oh Clark Atlanta. I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to put that not, on your school. No, sis. but you know it was around us. <laughs> you know, I so so I just like think about shit like that, and like I I I honor, I really honor, including my own mother. I really honor that struggle of having to let your child be an individual who does not share the same viewpoints as you, who does not share the same values as you, who who has um different. Um, life experiences than you and different issues than you. One of the really interesting things about me is I'm the actually the first person in my family to actually grow up in like a poor working class neighborhood. Like my my mother and my aunt, they moved to the suburbs of Chicago when they were like seven or eight from St. Louis with mm-hmm. their t- in their two parent household. My mama started getting high when she was like a teenager, and then she became that girl who was like now running with a different crowd. But she grew up middle class my older sister who was always raised by my grandparents grew up middle class Mm. i i did not grow up middle class i grew up with some middle class because i could go to my granny house and like live out there when my mom was but like i also was like getting a whole dose of something else and like even that is a point of like dissonance because they are trying they're like we raised you how are you different in this way? And it's like, cause I just had different circumstances than y'all, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, shit was just different. And I think that's just hard for parents to, to accept. And I think that that's, that's what happens with me and my mama a lot where she just really, um, and you know, there are also ways in which I've invested in my mental health and my emotional health in ways that my mother has not. Yeah. Cause you know how black people feel about therapy, especially black people who were born in the sixties. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that there are just, you know, certain things that we, we just aren't going to see out of eye on and that, you know, because we just, we just different. Yeah. But I, I fuck with my mom. I love her. She's she's so funny. Y'all got to, I would love to meet her. She yeah. sounds dope. My mama is so funny. Um, you are currently working on your book called Notes from a Trapped Feminist. Yes. What has working... Baby's first book. Yes. <laughs> so what has working on this memoir taught you and why was it important for you to weave feminist theory, hip hop, and your like personal memoir into one book? Yeah. Oh, such a good question. Um, I think the book taught me that writing a book is hard especially writing about yourself is torturous i thought it would feel like very therapeutic and i might feel like that when i'm done but like everybody who writes their first book or memoir always says that i really hate it and i'm i'm literally only written like two or three chapters so far and i'm like this ain't even good why did they give me this book zeal like i like motherfuckers not even gonna motherfuckers gonna read this and think it's stupid like i just i'm having thoughts about my work that i just have never thought before um 
So I think that's what it's taught me. But um, so I coined trap feminism because obviously trap one of the biggest critiques of, of trap music is the misogyny and like the way women are treated and the way women are talked about. And um I I called it trap feminism because like from my generation, that was the type of hip hop that we mostly listened to. So it, I definitely shout out to John Morgan who created and coined hip hop feminism mm-hmm. as a specific framework to talk about a very specific generation of black women and how mm-hmm. they were trying to rectify their feminism with like the feminism of their predecessors, like black women who who came before them. Um and really trying to place themselves as feminists into a narrative of black culture that mm-hmm. was that was happening around them. Um so so definitely building off that tradition, I came up with trap feminism because I was really interested instead of saying how are women being talked about, I was more interested in who are the women that are being talked about. Mm-hmm. So like who is the bitch sliding down the pole? Who is the bitch that's fucking for the lace front? Who is the bitch? The, who is the baby mama that I'm going to go to war for? Mm-hmm. Who is, you know what I mean? Like, who are these women, right? And, like, these are women who have always existed in, like, trap, the actual trap culture. Like, in hoods, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in ghettos or in, in like, black, poor, urban, mm-hmm. working class neighborhoods, whatever. And when you go into those neighborhoods, women are major parts of the fucking community. Yeah. And they are feeding their families. They're taking care of their kids. They're building lives for themselves. Mm-hmm. They're, they're people and they're human beings. Um, and I was also interested in like, and also what are they, what, what feminist shit is happening there? Like, I think that we always think that like, a lot of people complain about how, like, every, you know, white feminists always made me, you know, I, I hate the way white women say that, like, you know, they've always wanted black women to have a seat at the feminist table. Um, or, like, I always felt excluded from feminism because it was so white. And it's like, that's because you believe that white women was the only bitches that's ever doing feminism. Like, I'm sorry, but if if you don't think that a bitch that's lying on her fucking uh social security or uh i'm sorry on her fucking link or ebt application to make sure that she can feed her kids if you don't think that that's feminist to finesse the fucking united states government to make sure your kids can eat come on you you don't know what feminism is period if you don't think that somebody's selling pussy if you don't see a black woman selling pussy as a direct redistribution of wealth from like holders of wealth who are white men right like if you don't see a bitch that sell pussy is like directly redistributing wealth like out of the hands of somebody who has it and probably shouldn't into somebody who needs it like what feminist texts have y'all read like what feminist texts have y'all you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so so i i came up with trap feminism it was very a very specific verse that yo Gotti did where he was talking about this which one (laughs) he got this song on cocaine music for called 
I um I just want to first fuck. of all first of all <laughs> oh I love Yo Gotti he is my short king I love he, I would let I would let Yo I think Yo Gotti I think he would be a terrible boyfriend but I think he would be a really good baby daddy I think he would leave me the fuck alone you know what? wow I think, you know, I think he that would, is not- Cecily listen Cecily been preaching and then <laughs> wait no. wait he'd be a great baby daddy terrible horrible boyfriend. I think he would come around. Okay. When I, I, because he seemed like the type of nigga that like, like I definitely feel like Yo Gotti like tries to live by a certain code. So I definitely don't feel like he would want to be a trash dad. I think that he would want to be around for his kids. I can't agree. I with also that. think that every time he would come around, he would try to flex on me and the new person I'm fucking with. So he'd be leaving thousand dollars he on the dresser. You know what I mean? Trying to flex. Yes, <laughs> please. yes, please. I'll take it. Thank you. Like you I know think, what? That's I think he would make sure that we were straight. I think I he would come him. around I when he it. needs to come around. He I would and he would leave me I think he would leave me the fuck alone that's that's really you what I'm what? trying to points say points were made so I think I'm, po- sorry. Po- I'm sorry I'm sorry I, to, I know a lot of bitches who they baby daddies fucking terrorize them <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I I don't need it they have to chase that nigga down every time child support dude don't need it like I just don't think I would have to worry about that with him and he would definitely leave money on the dresser all the time to, to stunt on you just to try to stunt yes cause that's what sh- sh- short niggas why I love short niggas why in my memoir I will Fuck discuss them. how much I know well, Keep that keep that energy over there. <laughs> Your experience. If you hear if you hear this, <laughs> fuck y'all. No, fuck that. Short kings. Um, I would just like to say that y'all stunt, and that's why I love y'all because y'all whole experience is about stunting. Like I per- am a personal believer that short black man fuck better. Like yeah. Fuck, oh, because we know where those intent. we know where those extra inches y'all was supposed to have in y'all height went to. It now went to girth and it went to length. Not all the time. Not all the time. But still, it. but still, they put in effort because they know that you already come yes. in here looking at me like you short ass nigga. How the fuck you gonna get on top? Yes. And they put in effort, and that's why I love them. Yes. But so y'all got he did this verse, and he was basically like. uh like, fuck me on the first night. I still have respect for you. Shawty woke up on the side of me and I was next to her. That's what I call a long night. Don't blame it on the alcohol. It's not a one night stand because if you fight and got it, then Gotti got a call. And I forgot your name, though. You shouldn't be ashamed, though. I'm going to call you throw that pussy back. You call me hang low. And I was like, sir, did you just write a motherfucking feminist manifesto about one night stands on here? Like... He he! It was literally like a I I would never shame a woman for for choosing to have sex with me on the first night because I mean shit I chose to fuck her on the first night too like I'm 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 here right next to you like don't you know like and I just was like wait there's this ain't the first time I'd heard no shit like this first of all and also like where else are we seeing examples of of that so i just started to listen to trap music differently like mm. that whole like travis porter era where they was putting like you know you want to see some ass i want to see some cash like keep them dollars coming and that's gonna make me dance like it's actually something very like transgressive about letting a woman specifically say that you know what mm. i mean like that's her negotiating the terms under which she's willing to show some ass for you like there was just there was agency if, when we stop asking how women are being talked about and start asking who the women are who are being talked about, I just felt like we there was agency, mm. there was autonomy, um, there were negotiations, there there was just more to it, um, and I was really interested in that. But I think more so, we often forget. I mean, like how much women just influence trap culture. Like mm-hmm. I feel like there's an erasure of women that happens not only by niggas who make try music, but by people who listen to it. Mm. And I'm like, nah, like, and, and then even like the conversations that we have now, where it's like, people think that like, 
trap music inspires the culture when I personally think it's vice versa. Like, like people be like, yeah, like, and everybody trying to look like Instagram models now. No, actually scamming bitches found out that they could use their motherfucking care credit that they was scamming six seven years back and start getting their fucking bodies done then all of a sudden there was a fucking overpopulation of bitches who look like this and then niggas start rapping about bitches who look like that and then the instagram bitches started to look, look like that this shit never comes that shit don't never come from the top down that shit sometimes be coming from the bottom up like a historian trap bitches be inspiring some shit and we just don't give them credit for it right mm-hmm. so i was just interested in all of that um and i think that that is a in that that is the relationship between kind of like black women trap music and then also just my own experiences like the bitches who are grown now grew up listening to trina and foxy brown and like love them yeah like trina trina walks so fucking carisha yeah and jt could fly Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. Points were made. Period. Mm-hmm. Point. It's like if Trina and Jackie O were friends and wanted to rap together. Ooh, that's a great yes, yes. That's that's the T now though. Like rap bitches fuck with each other now. I that's, love that. That's why that's why rap bitches are winning because they not letting these fucking labels sit and tell them they got to be fussing and fighting all the time. I feel like honestly, I feel like the last wave of that we saw was with Cardi and Nicki. I feel like that's kind of a done deal. Like. Because we also saw it ruin Nikki. Like, her insistence on beefing with this girl yeah. ruined her. Like, if if for nothing else, not to say that, like, Nicki Minaj is canceled or no shit like that, but, like, her own energy, like, her, her own kind of, like, I feel like she exhausted herself. She had to sit down and go have some damn kids. She was like, you know what, y'all, I'm going to just go have my husband now. You know what I mean? Like... And some of that stuff is probably coincidental that it happened at the same time. But, like, so much of Nikki's energy was spent, like, having to beef with 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 the one other girl who might have had an album at that time or might have yeah. had a scene. Like, why? Megan Thee Stallion was like, no, bitch, everybody, my friend. I'm an Aquarius. Everybody. No. All them bitches be on boats together and shit. I love it. I love to see it. Come on. All right. So, last... Um, Pray question how do you think being queer has shaped your experience as a black woman oh it has saved it being queer is my saving grace because i tweeted this we talked about this earlier before we got on this mic i think that heterosexuality ruins the analysis of so many otherwise dope successful ambitious amazing black women and particularly black feminists like i even follow black feminists on um twitter and that fucking please send me a husband energy will just jump out and ruin everything like it'll it it jumps out because there are because i i think that a we a lot of black women do not like to admit that heterosexuality just off gp demands a little bit of allegiance to patriarchy it just does there's no way around that period and i think that we are so and, and i think that women who are straight and i say this also as a person i mean i'm i've never been straight so i don't know what that experience is like but i definitely think that like 
I went through stages where like I thought that the right thing that I should be doing was just dating niggas or or not. I didn't take my queerness as seriously as I took my attraction to to cis hat men. Um, and I know that like just what that requires is like a sacrifice of self as black women. All relationships require some compromise, but I think that in particular heterosexual relationships require us like a kind of like sacrificing of self that I'm that I that is weird. And I also just think that like you just not really showing up on behalf of queer folks and trans folks, etc. when when you're straight and there's also just a privilege in heterosexuality that a lot of that that black women think you know how like black men get all in their feelings when you be like you have male privilege and they be like the black man is the most is an endangered species you know what i'm saying they get all in their chest when you say they got male privilege i i feel like it's it'd be like some black women you tell them they have straight privilege and they'd be like the black woman is the most no i they just and they're, and they're protective of it in a way that's weird and i i'm just glad that's not a ghetto i live in anymore i'm just saying that like <laughs> that's that's all i'm gonna say also that's this, just a ghetto I'm also, I'm gonna be honest. The sex is the sex is better um, with the with the not cis hat men. I'm, the studies have shown it. The Twitter, the Tumblers have shown it. Um, heterosexual sex with 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 men is just not the wave. So, mm. actually, like literally, that's the study. Like women women who have sex with with cis hat men orgasm the least. Yeah. Ooh. Like everybody needs a little bit of queerness because queerness is even saving like gay even gay men are like orgasming more than women straight women. Yeah. So it's not just it's not it's not the dick that's saving it. It's the it's the analogy. It damn sure ain't the dick. It damn sure ain't the dick. It's not the dick. Like. It damn sure ain't the dick. <laughs> dick has saved no one. Dick ain't saving a soul. Okay. Ooh, this is. Ooh. <laughs> Um, my chest got tight <laughs> are there any particular prejudices that you know only black queer women experience um you say any particular prejudices yeah um, well first of all like black trans women are women so trans I would say trans transphobia against uh that was the first thing that popped into my head like that is a very specific type of prejudice that only impacts um trans women in 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 particular black trans women um no honestly because I feel like black queer women honestly be the fucking catch-all for all of that shit like it because it's actually not the prejudices is who we get it from mm. like black queer women like get that shit from everybody because that because i one the one thing i will say is that like black queer women are unique in that like we are experiencing oppression sometimes from other black women and that in particular is very very like that's a that is a mind fuck of an experience to feel marginalized by like other black women because mm. heterosexuality just shows up in so many different things like what what heteros on the lowest of keys what heterosexuality actually looks like a lot in in my at least my straight black female friends it looks like closet 
classism. It looks like aspiring upward mobility, but really what it is is just your aggressive heterosexuality like coming out to play like girl you don't actually think that having a husband is going to make you have a better life <laughs> like you just want a nigga <laughs> like you know what I mean I, I I'm not, do like so I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like I think that because we associate um the way we romant first of all the way we romanticize heterosexual black relationships in the first place like Every Obama needs a Michelle. Every Martin Martin needs a this. Every you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. there's this idea of um, we we also were very influenced by um, our family structures not being honored as Black people. So we also just really throw a lot of weight behind like institutions of like marriage and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that. Um, when Raquel actually was on your show, remember when Raquel was talking about how like we have all these ideas about what it means to be an upstanding black citizen Mm. and marriage and particularly heterosexual marriage Mm -hmm. is, it's one of those things. And I think that when I hear a lot of my straight black women friends talk about wanting to have a husband and wanting to start a family it's not just about because you technically can do that with someone of any gender. There is something about being a black woman in proximity to a black man that makes some heterosexual black women feel like they are like better black women. I'm a better woman because I am married. I am a better woman because I have this I have a husband. You know what mm. I mean? Okay. Um, that's very true. And and that shit. And and I I said that that looks like classes. It looks like classism because if you're not, if you don't have a queer analysis, you'll believe that shit. You'll be like, oh, you know, or or you might be like she bougie. You know what I mean? But like, nah, it's like that is a very straight thing to aspire to. And I even see that with some queer folks who have a lot of internalized homophobia and have internalized like heteronormativity like they want to structure their relationships in like very particular ways like th- like the hard studs don't get me started on them bitches like the step dykes and shit you know what and the on that note you know what and on that note we're gonna go to thought the step dykes i am done i am done all right so for thought i'm for, sorry my chest is tight I'm- for your birthday every year you celebrate by having people send you news dick pics and twerk videos describe some of your favorites that were sent this year oh this year this person I actually don't know their gender. I'm going to assume if I'm not going to assume, but what they, they looked like a person who was assigned male at birth. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of, kind of thick and was in this room that was like the walls and the ceiling were green and it was like some plants in the back. It was just like such a sultry, um, nude and, they they were covering what I assume to be what it looked like they were covering a dick um, or whatever they would like to call it. Um, and it was just like dope because it was like they were like a plump person a little bit. Um, but it was also just so, so soft. Like usually when like the the assigned male at birth folks 
or or people who I who I know are identify as like cis men or even queer you know as cis men um they usually just send like dick pics and it's just like literally a dick pic mm-hmm. and this was just like it was a nude like niggas don't really be knowing how to send nudes and like this person like sent like a, such an amazing nude and I told them I was like I hope you like save this like to have somewhere in your home like I actually thought about that I think I want to take like some like not full body nudes but like different parts of my nude body and put them in black and white and hang them in my bathroom yeah Ooh, I like where, that. you I know like, like just where you disrobe a lot like yeah. and then, like other when other people go into my bathroom like you know I hope that when you look at yourself in the mirror like yeah you also didn't see my fat ass around, up in there too you know it. what I mean I love it yeah that was the best one I got this year mm-hmm. who are some of your favorite fat black porn stars um there uh Oh, these are retired people, but I'm going to still say it. Pinky, when Pinky was still a BBW. Mm. I was like, Pinky's a BBW? She used to be. Okay. She used to be. Pinky has um, gone on a weight loss journey. Um, T.S. Madison, when T.S. Madison was still doing porn. Mm. Um, shout out to T.S. Madison. Shout out to T.S. Madison. Um, shit. I guess me, when I'm, you know, when I'm, you Come know, on, you got to I ain't got only I ain't got only fans, but you know, shit, you want to show you get the cash app. <laughs> you know what, Cecily? What? You're what? not going to tell me what it is. Cecily, what's the cash app says? I am a I'm a cash appiano. <laughs> Let them know what is the cash app. Cash oh, uh money sign Cecily. Okay. Straight like that. <laughs> no periods, no underscores, no nothing, just straight like that. I cannot. Um but I love it. I support it. Um, the ooh, what to do what's one lesson you've learned from your family about love and how do you incorporate it in your romantic relationships this could also be a good or a bad thing um no actually I think it's a good thing I, my family um I I really was not raised to uh take care of no nigga um I, I well and I think in particular um I was raised I very much so like the all of the women in my family really value being courted like really value being pursued Mm -hmm. um even the women in my family who I've seen had really bad relationships like even the way I see them brag about like the nice shit that the person did I'm like oh yeah like is some energy that needs to be put in. I think especially growing up as a fat black girl, I really, I didn't start to really hear that until later years. I wish I took it in sooner, but Mm. um, just, I I really feel like I learned that from them though, that like, nah, nigga need to be like courting you and like worshiping the ground you walk on. I've like explicitly said that to like people who were like, you know, I want to get to know you, what type of partners you date. I'm like, you have to worship the ground I walk on. Period. Like if I don't feel like you doing that, then I'm kind of just. What do I need you for? Not into yeah. Why? Points were made. I'm also I'm thinking about like Capricorn energy and um what's that girl's name? Lori Harvey's a Capricorn, and I'm like mm-hmm. okay maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's Capricorn energy mm-hmm. with the ladies. Mm-hmm. Cause when I tell you. Y'all, just, I don't think that girl give two fucks about future. I don't think so either. And I think, I think she's unlike, having fun. And I think unlike the rest of these bitches, she probably got the good IUD on deck. Oh yeah, she. Definitely. I. She not finished. If if Lori Harvey turns out to be baby mama number ten, 
I would be so surprised. Me like too. that would be the plot twist of all plots. And twists. I don't think she would waste her baby mama ship on future. On future. Yeah, no. yeah. Like she would have. Yeah. She would have did that for Diddy. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think you know and and this is also I'm not here to shame mothers. Um, but I also do know a lot of women who really place value on like the family unit. So these bitches really do be thinking that like we are more intimately connected because we share a child, whether it's child number one, child number four or child number nine. Like we we are more in, and that is more important than them, more important to them mm-hmm. than you baby mama number nine you know what i mean like i'm a prideful little bitch so i no no Um, i don't even talk to niggas you know niggas on they they bios on bumble and shit be like proud father of i'll be like swipe left (laughs) you know what i hate you speaking Mm -hmm. of dating apps okay so and you're a fan of dating apps or at least were a fan of dating apps at one point um which dating app is the best for finding good dick good pussy relationships and casual things so like a different dating app for each yeah or? for each or oh. if it comes in like all of it it's that's fine too yeah i mean honestly even though i'm banned um <laughs> tinder i think honestly is a tinder is honestly the best i would say for all of the above just because um it's literally like a quantity game everyone has tinder tinder is damn near like facebook now so like to me like I, I i like we it's a lot of tender jokes we get off but i do think that like no matter what you're looking for you do have a better chance of finding it on tinder just because literally everybody has one everybody has a tinder period mm. you know um especially in big cities like new york atlanta like i mean when i wasn't in atlanta like the and and i i moved to atlanta in 2014 like it was like producers and fame like you know low-key famous niggas on tinder like and not weird about it like just they just they was on tinder you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. it was it's so tinder is so normalized Mm -hmm. um i think um so it also takes away some of that kind of um I don't I think I worry less about somebody being a creep on Tinder than like any other like like at at worst you just a nigga who just wants to fuck me and you know it might not be good at it you know what I mean like that's the scam I'm worried about on Tinder as opposed to as opposed to like anything else um I would say after that I think um I've been hearing a lot of good things about hinged um I think hinged forces you into um small talk in a way that is um annoying to people who are looking for more um like if you really just looking for a quick fuck you're gonna get really annoyed when you gotta go start small talking a nigga up on on him. is that why i'm annoyed I, yes because i don't like <laughs> it either <laughs> i do not like I it i feel like i'm overwhelmed by all of this uh-uh. why am i getting like all of it. these alerts i do not like it at all um and then i would say um, to be honest, I don't think I've used um, OkCupid okay in long enough. I have Bumble. I, I went to Bumble after I got banned on t- on Tinder. Um, Why are you so banned on Tinder? I'm banned on Tinder. I think that I got banned on Tinder because um, I like sent like told somebody to Venmo me. Basically, like I matched with this guy. And he started talking very aggressively and roughly with me about anal sex, and I was like, "Oh, if you just want to have like a dirty talk session, you can just hit my Venmo. Like, if you just want to." Like, it was, like, 
it literally I was like hey how are you and he was like do you like rough anal sex it was like like it, that oh, was okay. literally Whoa. it so yeah like whenever so, people come to me with that energy I'm like oh we need to have this conversation in a in a in an app that has some money attached to it mm. um and I think that and I was I don't a, like to have rough anal sex and I think that it, yeah also no um <laughs> I think that um yeah, I just I would prefer just like some maybe like soft to to medium anal sex, not nothing rough though. Same. Um, so same. Yeah. So maybe like a minute or two, like a yeah, little rough. I like yeah. that. And after we've gotten into it for a while, exactly. not not mm, just off the mm, gate. Mm. Um. So yeah, I think they been. I think it was like a sting. Like I think that they were like. That's I, what happened to somebody else uh, who's on the podcast, uh, Mistress Marley. Yeah, um, and I think I've been reported a couple times probably yeah. for that because I'm I am very slick to send a motherfucker my Venmo or Cash App on on Tinder. <laughs> like quick, I send this shit quick. It used to be in my bio actually. My oh, also it was in my bio. It said if you want to get my attention, buy me a cup of coffee, Venmo. That's that's all it said because it's. And guess what? Like, I'm not trying to scam you out of hundreds of dollars. Right. I just want a coffee. And I want to know that fat. Two dollars. Thank you. I want to know that fat dollars ain't shit to you. Like, <laughs> like, that, like that's not even offensive. An offensive thing to ask. Like, if you really want to get my attention to them on me, you know what I mean. So I think that I was already kind of flagged. Like, yeah. you know, they they be on some fake like. Uh, you know, trying to stop human trafficking or whatever, but it's really y'all are y'all are horophobic and y'all don't like the idea that people might be selling pussy on the app. Ooh. And then because those things it. are not the same, just to be clear. For anyone listening, please know that um sex trafficking and sex work are not mutually are not the same thing. Right. Please don't conflate the two. It's actually dangerous and people die and go to jail for that shit. Okay. What's the hardest aspect about being non monogamous? Trying to, um, having to listen to the unsolicited opinions of fucking monogamous people. Jesus Christ. So, like, oh, I just couldn't do that. Okay, bitch, don't. So, like, why be in a relationship? Because I love this other person. Like, it's just unsolicited opinions from monogamous people. Like, bitch, I didn't ask you. Also, bitch, I couldn't be in your trash-ass monogamous relationship if you really want to know the tea. I would kill myself if I had to be around that nigga you with all the fucking time. That kinky-ass, 24-hour-ass kink shit y'all doing. That's Monogamy is weird. <laughs> Damn, for monogamy. That shit, that, that, some, like... Speak your truth. It, it, when you think about it, it really is like like I think it can be beautiful and I've, I've seen a lot of people do it beautifully and like that's I, I'm I'm getting jokes off a little bit but like come on y'all let's not act like y'all don't understand the concept of just like open communication setting healthy boundaries shit that you also have to have in a monogamous relationship shit that you actually need more of in a non-monogamous relationship like yeah. like y'all be trying to act like you know, this is a foreign concept when also, bitch, the whole time you ain't in no monogamous relationship either with your monogamous ass. Ooh. All right. Um, Shay came from reading. Reading came first. <laughs> What's an underrated kink that doesn't get its flowers? Mm, monogamy. No. <laughs> no, I swear. Some, I feel like monogamy. Sometimes. I feel like monogamy gets its flowers too much. <laughs> nah. Um. Honestly, I think humiliation. 
Ooh. Um, I, I think humiliation does not give us flowers because I think we see humiliation a lot, but we always call it something else. Hmm. Like we, I, I, and especially like people who aren't into kink, who aren't into BDSM, uh, you know, I've had a fat life since like 2007. Um, but um, I, I think that, so remember that girl who brought her slave to homecoming? Mistress Marley. Marley. She yeah. was on the show. Yeah. Oh, y'all know that bitch? Yeah. <laughs> Yo. She also was banned from Twitter. I mean, not Yo, Twitter, Tinder. Send me, link link us, please. Okay, link okay us. we'll do. Because that's that's a real one right there. Um, She's dope. But, but like, for him, mm-hmm. he liked the experience of being ogled at, laughed at, Etc. And she enjoyed the process of giving him that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I, so when I worked as a professional dom, like that was mm. like definitely one of my favorite like kinks to, to play with. Like, yeah, like I really like humiliation. Um, I mean, even when you see like a video, like, you know, sex, sex work, and also kink communities, which aren't always the same thing, but sometimes are, they are actually really big on consent. Like that's Mm -hmm. like such a huge part of those. So even when you see like a video of somebody getting like spanked, right? Like Mm -hmm. part of that is they know that is a public taboo of being a grown ass man getting spanked until your ass cheeks turn red. Like part of that is humiliation. Like I just, I don't Mm -hmm. feel like we acknowledge that part of the play. Mm -hmm. Um, as much as like what we see in the video or, you know, like the action scene in the video or the, um, like for them, it was just like, Oh, look at this old white man on a leash with this black woman. Like obviously something kinky is happening, but it's like, no, like what really is at play is how he's feeling about all the people that see him. Okay. <sighs> Humiliation. I also think more black men should um, experiment with that. If you'd like to, I'm fat, bad, fat, black girl. I will embarrass you for money. Happily. Gladly. I've just embarrassed people for free. Um, <laughs> That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, would that be? It's it. it. Um, do, do, do. Um, last, eat, I mean, last dot question. In 2015, you created the hashtag my fat sex story for fat women to talk about their sex lives. What what would be your latest what would be your latest sex fat sex story and how is it different or similar to the ones you shared in 2015? Um I'm going to just say first of all I'm glad y'all brought that up. I honestly had like completely forgot about that. I'm going to bring it back. Um cuz I I really enjoyed that. Um in 2015, I had not tried as many of the drugs that I've tried in, in my adult age. So that's the difference between the most recent um, sex story um, and the, the older ones, I think. Um, New Year's Eve was, mm-hmm. you know. A good time. New Year's Eve was a good time. Um, my boo and I um, met, a, met a, a lovely young lady and brought her back to the crib with us and it was nice um the way that you calmly said nice lets me know that it was nice it was very it was nice it was really fun well and also because she was a little kinky Mm -hmm. um 
and it's you know everybody is not always like trying to get into their kinks on the first time you know what I mean on the mm-hmm. you know we had only known shorty for an hour <laughs> you know what I mean like um and it was just like it was nice because it really like everything was done right like we had like even through our our drunkenness and rolling we had like clear conversations about consent you mm. know what you into what you into you know kind of all parties were got on the same page about that first and like I, I know people don't think that that is sexy or cute but like that shit actually it it does pay off in terms of like making the sex good like to just ask people what they like absolutely then not assuming that you know what people like yep a word okay alright so we gonna go in bird confessions these are rapid fire questions so just okay. alright what kind of bird are you pigeon dove eagle flamingo ostrich penguin or peacock I this picture was this question was not in the email that you sent me it wasn't this, these okay. are the only ones that we keep okay, private go back go back so okay. run them back what kind of bird are you pigeon dove eagle flamingo ostrich penguin or peacock ostrich big and <laughs> don't don't big and don't think shit sweet that you gonna fucking walk up on me bitch <laughs> ostrich you ever try seeing a nigga like casually thinking they gonna walk up on the ostrich like oh let me pet you <laughs> bitch that ostrich will put them fucking feathers out on you that's definitely me <laughs> what name would you give Lori Hari's autobiography <laughs> um do you say <laughs> what name would you what give should her? she name her autobiography yeah. AP pussy <laughs> like like AP class like AP honors class no like the watch you know what <laughs> <laughs> what would your stripper name be and what would be your go to song Mm. Um, <laughs> my stripper name would probably be just probably like I I actually like the um like the named after liquor name, so I'll probably be Hennessy. Okay, and uh, somehow I knew that. Yeah, it it will probably be Hennessy, and I think that my go to song would be Trina Off Glass. Okay, Qual- both quality names. Mm-hmm. Um, you are featured on an episode of Maury. What's the show topic? Is he the baby's father? I slept with my best friend's boyfriend. Unruly teenager. I scammed my ex out of thousands of dollars. I scammed my ex out of thousands of dollars. Okay. Um, <laughs> your dream trade can only possess one main attribute. A grill, a nice car, a neck tattoo, a regular weed habit. A grill, a nice car. A neck tattoo. I mean, to be honest, like, I can just not, I can just be single. Okay, I just want to put that out there first. (laughs) But your bird, your bird. But I'm going to go ahead and go with a nice car. Okay, good good decision. Yeah. Um, Would you rather have him, you actually answered that one. Um, What was it? Would you rather have, would you rather have them spit in your mouth or your butt? Spit in my butt. Don't spit. And, yeah, because I'm not going to be able to see you do that. I would prefer that you not spit on me at all. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> Fair. What city of love and hip-hop would you rather be on? Miami, New York, Atlanta, or Hollywood? 
definitely Miami. I knew it. I definitely knew it. I knew Miami. It. Yo, Love and Hip Hop Miami got me excited about Love and Hip Hop again, honestly. Oh. Mama Scott Young brought pretty fucking Ricky out for Love and Hip Hop. Yeah. That sh- and, and and it was such this blessed moment where I had no clue. I literally went to Miami to do press for Love and Hip Hop Miami and had no fucking clue that Pretty Ricky was going to be in there. When I tell you, I, it was such a wonderful moment. I, I'm so glad the internet did not spoil this for me because I shrieked. I shrieked when I saw Pleasure P on my screen. Let me explain something to y'all, okay? People who love Pretty Ricky are people who were fucking their childhood. I personally hate Pretty Ricky because I was not fucking everybody. Everybody who I know loves Pretty Ricky was fucking in their cars and their 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 lots of backseat for me. Yeah, I wasn't doing that, so I was just like, this music means nothing to me. You ain't like uh, no, I ain't like any of. Ain't nothing but a number. number, No. Because my ass was sexless and everybody else was fucking and I wasn't. Just you wasn't you even was, hip rolling though because you if you was going to juke parties where they was hip, because they was having juke parties in Milwaukee. No, I wasn't you doing any of that. I wasn't doing nothing. And you, I was upset. You know Pretty Ricky. You can yeah. hip roll to some Pretty Ricky, boy. Y'all, also, women. y'all got to follow um, Queen Fifi on Instagram if you like bitches that that did that yeah who hip roll and do like real <laughs> Chicago like dance I cannot <laughs> the, who is the most iconic thought of all time to you the most iconic thought of all time yes I actually was just talking about I mean is it not Kim Kardashian in terms of um, in term hold, hold on now okay okay keep going in terms of what he the said, pussy Ugh. has done for her. I know, no, 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 no. Actually, you, you're right. I'm actually going to take that back because because even still, it's generational wealth that helps Kim Kardashian. Even even on top of throwing a pussy around. So, yeah. so actually, I actually am going to take that back. Okay. OJ helped her. Most iconic thoughts of all time. Honestly, I've been disappointed in the stock lately because I feel like it's bitches who always get right there and then like fumble the bag. Like Black China. Like Black China, like Black China took us there and then fumbled the bag. I'm actually gonna say Amber Rose. I and I feel like we sleep on 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 the Amber took a step back. Amber, Amber took a chills. took a unapologetic uh, a step back, but also like through it all has never stopped claiming uh, like her thottiness, her wholeness, like she's never shied away from it. Um, and it, she, she really flipped, she really flipped the bag. You know what I mean? Like multiple times over. She did. So I would say it's probably Amber. Um, I don't think anyone thought after her and Kanye. Yeah, thought everybody after. thought that that we were done with her, and then yeah. I, and then I think thought that again after Wiz. Like, yeah, d- thought that it was we were done with her too. And now she went and got an executive nigga on us, and is is he an executive? He's yeah, like, he's like the head Def of, Jam and our nigga, yeah, like he's the like VP. VP. Oh, oh dope. He um, just look weird, but you know they, they. I feel like they look the same to me. They do. They do. It's so That's cute. why. um but i mean you know there have been others i think um kim look him um i think um diana ross because we know she was fucking for all of that i mean a queen y'all can at me y'all i don't give a fuck like actually that's why my family don't like diana ross because they say she fucked for everything she got but i'm like "Mm." 
and icon also Anna Wintour read y'all need to go through Anna Wintour's um she was Wikipedia all of her first jobs in like the publishing industry was like and her boyfriend introduced her to da 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 and her boyfriend like the the person she was dating like oh wow yes okay mm-hmm. interesting yes. come on Anna you better f- fuck up <laughs> all right next we're gonna go into Zaddy a week which is one um, male presenting individual that we feel like really deserves all of the bussy or more you know your mouth your thrusty whatever you want so cecily who is your zaddy of the week yeah yeah abdul mateen yeah so let me tell y'all something okay i saw him at the airport on monday <gasps> just this past monday yes girl so. also y'all know they say he fucking lala yeah yeah, it was because of that picture. But that picture looked like they were fucking. Yeah, that, yeah, like that. They looked... had the we fucking eyes and we didn't. And should. it was a breakfast moment. It looked real. Yeah. We fucking. Yeah, like yeah, who does screen. breakfast? Exactly. Okay, wait, tell Only us this airport story. Okay, so Yaya, I'm coming down the, the escalator. Yaya is coming. Now, hold, hold on. This is a bad bitch right <laughs> here. <laughs> I, just, I just want y'all to see. This is a bad truly, bitch. I yeah, truly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I will find out before i leave this room um honestly truly <laughs> um so i'm coming down the escalator and yaya's coming up and i was like is this yaya and i was like oh my god it is yaya and my mouth dropped a little bit <laughs> and you know cecily like i do this yes. i've been doing this yes and you do this so yes. it ain't many people that can make my mouth drop exactly so the fact that yaya made my mouth drop a little bit and my like i was like and he was just so regular. And I was just like, and he was still mouth droppable. So, yeah, shout out to y'all, yeah. Yeah. He tweeted me one. He searches his name on Twitter. Oh, because, let, me, let me tweet him. Because one time, literally, all I did was tweet his name. I was like, y'all, 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 Abdul Mateen third, And, like, I didn't add him. I just tweeted that. And he, like, quote tweeted it and was like, you rang? Oh. Bitch. I did, bitch. He's from New Orleans, so I know he's I was like, bitch. oh, don't come out. Get You can go ahead and slide out my mentions because I'm actually a whole problem. Like, I'm not going to be cute about this shit. So, yeah. like, if you're not for real, just go. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, you, if the dick Don't is, waste my time. Yeah, if, they, yeah. if the dick is not available, don't speak to me. <laughs> like, who? a word. Shout out to Shout anyways. Out, yeah. Um, I'm, I was actually going to go with him. I know we've said it so many times on this podcast, but I recently watched Watchmen and, um, I only because it was like boring for like the first five episodes, but I was only literally watching so that I could possibly see his dick, and then it got good, and I was like, okay, I see it, and then I was like, damn, he fine, and I was talking to one of my friends, and she was like, was that a prosthetic? I was like, bitch, no, that was like his dick. Oh, I just assumed it was a prosthetic. You thought it was they a saying prosthetic? the blue? They saying the blue one was a prosthetic. They saying the second, the second, the episode after that where he was just fully naked was not a prosthetic. Mm. It's good. I feel my spirit is good. That's Some not. It, regardless, it don't matter whether it was a prosthetic. Because they showed it. Uh, he wasn't. Yeah. They, like, because he wasn't in the blue. So you're saying when he wasn't in blue. They saying that was real when he wasn't in blue. They said the blue one was a prosthetic. That's what I think. Yeah. That made more sense yeah. because it's blue. But that brown, I saw that. And I was like, that's a real dick. And a good dick. And that was a good one. So shout out to him. Well, and- since you also want to do that, I'll take mine back. I'll say the baby. 
Okay. Also, he's, also he's uh, a king. Yeah, it. we. There's. <laughs> who else do we say at this point? I'm gonna go with a throwback. Who? Um, Stevie Wonder, because I was listening to All I Do on the way here. <laughs> but Stevie was. But Stevie back in the '70s could have got this book. I mean, Stevie got nine kids. We know Stevie. Exactly. We know that's Stevie. Know his way around. That's good That's some good blind dick. I mean, Stevie know what's what he to know do. what to do. He yeah. know his way around. There's it. nothing yeah. like disability has nothing exactly. to do with it. Um, but that's why I was saying. just I just laughed because I was picturing Stevie currently. No, no, no. I'm talking about so, like 1970s. All I okay. do. Okay, all right. 1980s. Yeah. Okay. He could have got it. All right. So next is Bad Bitch Hall of Fame, which is one female presenting individual who we feel like deserves her flowers. It can be anybody, especially. Um. Do y'all follow um now on Instagram? That was who my Bad Bitch Hall of Fame was about to be. Yo, Sorry, I don't know. Ooh. I, it's something about Canada. Okay, remember? I'm do you remember you. the story when um, this this girl who um, she said Future didn't let her in the club because he didn't want no fat bitches in the club? It was like a story that went viral last summer. Uh-uh. So like that was her. That was her. Yeah. And Imagine she, telling her not to pull up to the wow. club that you're in. Also, she was in Normani's mo- motivation yes, video. She's in the Normani motivation Bitch, video, just taking hair. Normani's man. Oh, that's her. Yes. yes. Come on. Yes. Um, that was yeah. It, it's something because it's another one. It's another girl um, that goes by like I think it's like I see six shots. That's her phone. She goes by I see um, six shots, and she also is from Canada. Another fat baddie. I don't know. It's like Canada and Texas. They just the the bitches are bad. Like shout out. Damn, that was really about to be mine. Yeah. Actually, can I tell y'all a story? Yeah. So for my boo birthday, my boo actually is like a huge fan of Nows. And for my boo birthday, I had now FaceTime my girlfriend. Oh, that's yeah. really cute. Relationship no. goals. Yeah. No. Come on. I'll be doing nice stuff. She iced me out for my birthday this year. Yeah. <laughs> Come I'll on. Be, no, my boo birthday, her birthday is in November. My birthday is in January. So I always go hard yeah. for her birthday. Cause I feel like it's an investment that pay off. Yeah. <laughs> no way. I it still be fresh on my mind and shit. I feel that. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> so good. Come on, a scam even with love. Yes. A, a loving, a loving scam. <laughs> um. So Amber, I'll give you some time. I have one. Okay. Okay. Um. So I have. I was gonna do because because you did uh my fat sex story and it was because of Gabrielle Sidibe. I was like, we need to give her her flowers. She's like, she's like doing she's like in this like cute little relationship or whatever now mm-hmm. and like i think she's still acting um so directing and executive producing and direct uh, did yeah. you say directing already or did you yeah, okay she's, sorry she's been directing those empire episodes y'all are watching yeah so, yeah she went and got her a bushwick bay she did get that's a what i call bay. those scruffy white men they look like they live in bushwick <laughs> They do. That's yeah, that is Bushwick Bay. She got a little Bushwick Bay. I'm like, I see you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go. Her name. So she's been in multiple things, but Nicole Beret. I, I always say her last name wrong. Beret. Um, how do you spell it? It's B H. Hold on one second. Bahari. Bahari. Yes, I say I always say pronounce it wrong. I don't know why I made it more fans than it was, but I was watching. Me and Dania were randomly watching my friend, um, my good friend Dania. We were watching a movie with her, and I always see her in things, and I always just love her. She's a really good actress. So shout out to her. Nice. That's my bad bitch Hall of Fame. As always, last but not least, we do bad bitch. Um, I'm sorry, we do good pussy vibes, which is one quote 
that has stood out for me. I actually um, posted this on um, our Instagram, and it says, you'll never have to negotiate your way into a heart that wants you there. Once Period. again, you'll never have to negotiate your way into a heart that wants you there. Okay? Never. Never. All right. So, Cecily, where can the girls find you? Where can the Bussy Hive find you? Where, where, where should they go? Any I am, final things you would like to promote? Yes, I am all over the internet at Bad Fat Black Girl. Um, don't add me on Facebook. Um, I don't like y'all like that. Um, you can find me on Cash App at Money Sign Cecily, S-E-S-A-L-I, on Venmo at Cecily-B. And um, I, PayPal is too complicated. Cash App and Y'all niggas got Cash App and Venmo. Or just DM me and I'll send you my Zell. A queen. <laughs> Come on. Zell is the shit though. Cause it, it hits that bank account instantly. Yes. Oof. I love that quick money. <sighs> I hate you. Well, thank that's you why for- that's why you know what? For the for those of y'all who still fuck with people who make their money illegally, don't date scammers, y'all, because scammers be acting. Scammers be stingy with that money that's not theirs. <laughs> Get you a drug dealer. They always have cash, some shit you can actually use. A scammer ain't gonna do nothing but buy you a bunch of bags and shit. Get you a goddamn a drug dealer who has cold hard cash. Get the rent paid. Get the student loans paid. So I just I, that has been on my heart because I think that scammers are having a moment, and I just they I are. want the girls to know. That like them niggas be stingy. You deserve better. You deserve better. They be stingy and they can just they can get you things. And I think that's why they fall for the young bitches because young bitches like things. I'm like I like the rent paid, the student loan interest paid. You know what I mean? Shit like that. So thank you for that final word. You're welcome. Yes, that was good bussy vibes. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly. Cocaine cowboys, where you at? <laughs> I am done. <laughs> all right, all right. So as always, Bussy High, we thank you for coming. We thank you for listening and supporting us. Um, shout out to everybody who's just been saying how good the episodes have been, who have just been really kind of um, supporting Amber and I, and really continuing to spread the word about the greatness that is the Bussy, aka better known as the Eat That Podcast. Um, you know, I'm going to close out as always saying, you know, be your best, do your best, love yourself. And Amber, do you have any final words? Mm-mm. <laughs> Amber's so fucking, I can't. I don't. But thank you for coming on the she show. She reconsidering going out to Angie's with that drug dealer she was just fucking with the other day is what she's doing. I no, thought that's he's a homophobe. Work. Nah, I can't oh, that's do right. that shit. I can't do but that maybe, shit. But maybe the next one. I really can't do that shit. They probably, I don't Tr- know. You know what my quote is? What? Trina, it's been in the syllabus. She says she going after the big man. She she said that. She So, he ask him. To, he a hater. He ain't going to leave me. Also, ain't look. that the worst when you pick the wrong friend? The worst. He was like, don't. damn. And on that note, please. Yeah. Pick the right friend. <laughs> Always pick the right friend. But thank Always. you so much for coming on the show, Cecily. You were a breath of fresh air. Thank y'all for letting me cut up. Um, And I hope y'all enjoyed it. And look up this shit about Chicago because it's dope and to all our Chicago listeners I hope y'all felt a piece of home because I just did bye 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 <laughs>